Free Talk Live. You can join the show here and you can bring up absolutely anything you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can absolutely take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. That is kind of the point of the program. That's what we do. There's always stuff in the news that we think you might find of interest. And, of course, uh, one of the big things that has been developing in the last few days and has been developing over the last few months and has been developing over the last couple of years is the banking, let's call it a crisis, at least for the banks. And if you happen to be caught up with an account at one of these banks... With you in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. And let me turn you up there a little bit, Chris. All right, so uh, the latest on the chopping block here in the world of bank failures, if you recall, it was just over a month or so ago that uh, there was the bank failure at Silicon Valley Bank, which was subsequently seized by the FDIC. Was it a bank failure or was it a targeted assassination of a bank? I don't know. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know either. I don't know if there's any proof um, of the latter happening. It's but... only happening to banks that deal in crypto, though, and that's, that's a not bad true. sign. I don't really. think that's true with First Republic. I've not heard that about them. Okay, I may, be, I may be wrong there. Isn't that the one where Barney Frank worked? That was the one with uh, called Signature Bank, and that one did have about 25% of its accounts were having to do with cryptocurrency. Okay. So, and that one was also seized by the FDIC. And the the rumor on that one was that uh, Signature Bank was not failed, but that they did seize it simply to punish it for dealing with crypto. It, yeah, Again, there's it, no proof of that. It, it and seems, I'm guessing that Silicon Valley Bank was also big in crypto. It, it comes off that they they targeted uh, certain banks over crypto connections, and it's sort of caused a realization that these bank these that the industry is is sort of uh, in this dangerous position and it's like mm. but the banks themselves that they targeted were safer than like <coughs> were let on i guess no i don't think that's true i think that uh from what we've seen at least according to the news it's been reported there was a study that came out shortly after the the first two banks went under that said that there's like 186 banks that are just as bad off financially as those other banks. They just haven't had the customer withdrawals coming in. They haven't had a run on the banks. Well, I mean, that's uh, kind of... So they kind of tipped over into... Right. But so that's it's time was, to have some runs on the bank. I think that's, that's kind of right. what I was saying. I mean, the banks are... Uh, some of these banks that have failed have been some of the better rated banks. So, but they're not they're not in good shape. I mean, well, I don't know what the rating is you're referring to. No they, fiat money bank is in good shape because they all practice fractional reserve. So right, every right. bank is technically insolvent. Right, but but what I'm saying is effectively the bank. It, I mean, the the industry is sort of in a not hot situation, and then certain banks that were rated well were were failing Who's because of the targeting. Um. Who's themselves rating? the banks themselves i mean who's where are these ratings coming from R- rating like already um no uh I, you know that's a good question um standard and poor. I, I don't i actually don't know um right because like i said there was the, a study that i think it was stanford yeah. did uh on the on the banks and they found 186 banks that were bad off 
as bad off as these other banks that have failed. They just haven't failed yet. So, like, how those banks could have a good rating, I don't know. I mean, if you're talking about Jim Cramer on CNBC, he yeah. also said to people to buy First Republic Bank mm. two months ago, and now they've, they're going to be taken by the FDIC. So, well, contra- whatever the ratings are is garbage. Well, Contra Cramer is actually an excellent investment strategy. <laughs> right. Just so, take whatever Cramer says and do the opposite, and, do the opposite it, and you will probably make money. Yeah, so I don't know if know if that's true ian um so think of it this way uh if if the best rated banks are failing right um it could just be that they're all in really bad shape they are that's what i'm telling you yeah. so i don't know what the rating is you're referring to because they're garbage so, okay so all i know is that i guess banks are rated as to like whether or not they're at risk of failing and that well whoever's doing the rating is full of it because it's trash uh, <laughs> these banks have uh, as the story with the that's Silicon probably a Valley, good assessment of the situation. Yeah, the, yeah. the story with the Silicon Valley thing was that they bought these uh, long-term Treasury bonds at very low rates, and then the central bank, the Federal Reserve, raised the rates seventeen hundred percent. They're still raising them, right? Uh, in the last less than a year, and so what that did to the Treasury bonds was it increased the the yield on newly issued treasury bonds but the ones that they bought they're still stuck at zero or one percent or you know whatever piddly amount those were and then what happened with apparently with silicon valley bank was customers came in and said we want our money back and it wasn't just a few customers and these customers are very well healed so these customers are coming in saying we want hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars in deposits the total was 45 billion dollars in 24 hours and so the bank said Oh, crap, because as, as nobody pointed out, they're all fractional reserve. They've all taken their customers' money, they've invested it in long-term investments, and they only have a fraction of it available to actually give out to the customers that want to get their deposits back. So in order to get the money to pay out to the customers, they had to liquidate these treasury bonds on the secondary market. And in a secondary market for treasury bonds... You're selling to the highest bidder, and the highest bidders are saying, well, why do we want to buy okay. this this bond when we can get a new bond for 5% from the actual treasury? So you have to sell it a huge. fraction. it's huge. It probably smells like smoke. You have to so, sell it a fraction of what you paid for it. So and I, so they couldn't sell it fast enough, and they couldn't get enough money out, and so they... they they got taken over. So what? One of the things that you know. Uh, so fractional reserve banking has its problems, but as I understand it, they got rid of fractional reserve banking, uh-huh. um, or something along. That's those what lines. they say um, happened in the early uh, in 2020 when the COVID thing. They supposedly yeah. removed the restrictions. I don't know. It. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I was actually just um, wondering what you guys wait, thought of that. Removed what restrictions? The reserve it. requirement. It well, that- they said Trump res- removed that early on. Okay, that doesn't eliminate fractional reserve banking. That it just would, means they don't have to have a reserve. It would, yeah, it would eliminate the fractional part, so it would be zero reserve <laughs> yes, banking. Right. Um, that's that's <laughs> what you're referring yeah, to, right? Yeah, yeah, something along yeah. those lines. And I don't know a lot about it, right? So I just know, I just, I so my partner was talking to me about it, mm-hmm. and he, it's something he keeps bringing up, and it just ha- happens to be in my mind. And and so I'm thinking, well, you know, we keep saying fractional reserve banking, but if we don't actually have fractional reserve banking, the situation is even worse than it appears. Right. Well, uh, I mean, that so, doesn't mean that the potentially. bank doesn't have you know a million dollars that they can still give out to people that that walk in the door sure, it doesn't sure. mean they have zero it just means they could right have zero but the point they, well was, they have less than zero because all of their 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 liabilities exceed their assets 
Yeah, I mean, the po- the point to some degree of the fractional reserve system is that there is a, you have at least some amount of assets that that were set, mm. you know, in order to ensure that at least combined the banks wouldn't uh, if any one bank went under, they wouldn't all go under something along mm. those lines. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know enough about the what the intentions were of that, but uh, but that is supposedly something that they they did change. So the latest news on this is that First Republic Bank is headed into FDIC receivership after dropping down in just the last week by a significant amount. So it had been at around fifteen dollars. It is now at the end of the day today at $2.25. So it has wow. tumbled down by I should buy the bank. I've got 250. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, this is uh 97% down by the way this year. So it was it was like $140 3 months ago and it is now $2 and yeah, it's it's always an interesting interesting thought there because if your bank if your value of the bank is based on its customers and the customers flee because you they believe you have no assets then what assets are left are, are nothing. There's You're very left little, there with your assets hanging out. <laughs> yeah. There were customers that were able to get some money out. Uh what kicked off the latest sell off on the First Republic shares this week was that they had announced that they had a decline in deposits in the first quarter by 40%. Wow. So, Forty percent of the, you know, presumably their customers said, "I want my money out," and they they did get it out. Okay, I want my money out is an increase in withdrawals, not a decrease in deposits. Isn't that the same thing when it comes to bank? No, talk. Uh, you you withdraw when you put money in and take it back out. You 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 have fewer deposits if you don't put it in at all. I don't. Think oh, or are that's you saying the? The amount of their total deposits. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's yeah. not they, people. There's nobody putting money in, but there's people taking it out. Numbers going out of the bank, I believe, was a hundred billion dollars in the wow. last uh, few months. Now the bank did receive thirty billion in a subsidy from eleven major banks. So like two weeks or one week after the failure of Silicon Valley and Signature Bank, First Republic was already teetering. Like, it was looking bad. This was going to be the number three uh, largest bank to fail. Like, we'd already had the number one and the number two largest banks to fail in many, many years. And First Republic was was stationed at number three. And so what happened was the biggest banks, the 11 biggest banks, so you you can probably name them, right? Bank of America and Chase and all those. They all ponied up about two, three billion dollars a piece. And they said... We believe in regional banking. We support our regional banks, and we are going to give $30 billion from our own chess war chess to First Republic Bank just to make sure that everything's okay. Everything's okay, folks. Your deposits are safe. Here's $30 billion just to shore up First Republic Bank. We just want to make sure that the customers are taken care of. Don't panic. Whatever you do, don't panic. Don't run in and withdraw. They're fine. Everything's fine. Here's thirty billion. That's gone. Yeah, that's gone. It's 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 One interesting. Month later. Yeah, and you have to ask the question of why are they doing that? And it's because the industry is collapsing or about right. to. No, that's what we said at the time. We yeah. said that this is just to buy time. Right. Right. And how much time is the only question? Yeah. I, what's the um? Do, do we know what this status? Like, I wonder if anybody has some sort of chart that kind of can give us an idea of. 
I know that I know like the reserve, um, I believe with the government will step in and bail out the banks. There's only so mm-hmm. much of that That's right. in terms yeah. of funds. Mm-hmm. I wonder where those funds are right now. Good question. Uh, Isn't it like you know, 150 billion? It's yeah, not very much. It wasn't much. It was yeah, like 128, 150, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so now, just, now that was before they paid out to the first two banks that went under. Now they didn't have to mm-hmm. bail out all of those uh, those customers because I think some other banks came in and, you know, and well, bought. And they, they, those banks still had some assets that they could liquidate. So there was right. still some money and in those. It kind of makes you wonder if that's why those banks got together and, you know, del- uh, you know, doled out cash to some of these other banks to keep them from going under. Um, was yeah, because exactly the federal why. system doesn't, the government system doesn't work. <laughs> well, they, and they didn't want a third bank to go down three weeks in a row. Right, right. Because that would look like something's happening here and maybe people would start to notice. Now, are people lined up outside of the banks here in Keene, New Hampshire? Probably not. Uh, are they going to show up there tomorrow morning to withdraw their uh, their money from TD Bank or whatever the other ones are here in town? I think there's a Bank of America. P- probably not. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a panic yet at this point they've managed to stave this one off far enough to where now it's oh it's a month ago people have forgotten about what happened a month Mm. ago and oh this is just one more bank going down but it's noteworthy that it's the very same bank that they bailed out with 30 billion dollars that is now down to a fraction of what it was worth just two months ago and to the point where now the report is according to reuters that the fdic is going to take this bank over so it is curtains for uh federal whatever the hell they're called sorry first republic bank so that's the next one down yay yeah take your money out while you still can or yeah. at least some portion of it if you three down if you a few hundred to go it's a few thousand there's about four thousand banks as of last count in the united states uh you know they're not all the the worst of the worst of course but yeah you know you know the interesting system. thing about this too is people haven't you know most of us who are alive today haven't seen this in our lifetime so we don't know That's true. Yeah. you know we don't take the precautions that we really should um mm-hmm. if you've if you've ever had a, a grandparent maybe who went through the great depression uh you'll know that they keep money under the bed and it's, it's and they wash tinfoil well, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, they can be they can be a little bit, uh, you know, uh, you know, frugal with their money. For sure. And they learn the hard way. They learn the hard way. And uh, we, you know, the generations that have come since haven't learned the, that lesson. Um, and it's it's not a question of if it's a question of when. Uh, so learn from your grandma. Strong men cause uh, easy times. Easy ca- times cause weak, weak men. men. Weak men cause bad times. Mm-hmm. Bad and times continues. create strong men. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting uh, detail. We'll see how this, this all shakes out. And how many other banks, of course, are on uh, the edge of failure? That is information that the Federal Reserve certainly doesn't want you to know. Oh, you definitely won't be hearing any reports on that. They don't want you to have. Uh, what do you do, though? Short answer, all of them. Yes. Well, yeah. And I I do wonder if there are any, like, fiscally prudent banks out there. There was... There's one. They got denied uh, yeah. membership in the FDIC. Can, uh, Custodia Bank, you're referring yes. to. The, that, there, uh, you know, that's an interesting it's question. A crypto bank. That's an interesting question, Ian. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there were some small banks uh, that 
basically uh, survived like the 2008 uh, housing crash, um, you know, because of their, you know, I don't know if frugalness is the, quite the right mm-hmm. word, but but basically they they, they, they didn't go in a too lot deep of them over their heads. Yeah, saw through exactly. the BS right and said, we're not writing these loans. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So they didn't. It, it's not it wasn't it was the bigger banks. It sounds like uh, mostly that was mm-hmm. the problem. Not that it wasn't an industry and problem. And the prudent but, banks got screwed. Yeah, because they didn't make the profit that the other banks made because mm -hmm. they saw that what the other banks were doing was wrong, and then they didn't get the bailout money. So the banks that did the foolish things right. ended up better off than mm. the banks that did the right thing. Well, you know, you know, it's interesting. This is this is socializing, uh, socializing risk. Yeah, uh, the people who take the risks uh, don't have a negative impact, and you know, it's kind of it's kind of interesting uh, because this is sort of I think why we end up with these situations that we do in society where we're all losing out and i think i think of it i I, so unfortunately i it's hard for me to avoid thinking about it from like a scam perspective but we all end up you know getting punished and i'll i'm gonna use credit card scams just just as an example um you know people think that you know when their card is you know uh money is taken from them from their bank account or or something starts with their credit card and it's fraudulent uh, you know, they get frustrated, but mm-hmm. what they don't really understand is that when they reject those charges, they're still eating the costs. It's because those costs end up uh, getting uh, the merchant ends up paying a fee to the bank yep. and they lose the product. And where do you think who do you think ends up having to pay for that? It's all the customers. So, mm-hmm. you know, yes, you rejected the charges and yes, it was inconvenient, but it wasn't the inconvenience. That was the problem is that it eventually cost you financial financial money and who's the who's the cause of the real problem it's it's the banking system because the banking system refuses to fix uh, the problem uh that they could fix when it comes to insecure credit cards um so yeah uh and it's and that's if you even even can challenge the the uh, the unauthorized charge i just had an issue with this recently where i had subscribed to uh like an online uh, youtube show that that i enjoyed i was you know doing like a yearly donation to them or whatever and uh, I decided to cancel last year the yearly donation, and uh, you know that was on track to be canceled in this April. And then in February, I noticed that there was a charge that came in from this same, purportedly the same organization for another year. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Why did that happen? It was supposed to ha- if it was going to happen, it would have happened in April because it was a yearly thing that was happening in April. But all of a sudden, it's in February, and I went, I looked into it, and it came from a completely different website that was sort of looked like. The other site so it almost looked like it was either an imposter website mm. or it was maybe their old site that they'd forgotten to shut down or something like that so it was like a really weird circumstance i reached out to them they didn't respond and so i said all right well i'm just going to contact the, the the debit card uh company and you know say hey like this was unauthorized uh, like i didn't ask for this i already canceled my subscription over here and they said after taking forever to get back to me, they they said, well, you haven't uh, had your other subscription canceled fully yet, so we have no rights to, to challenge this. I said, well, it was a completely unauthorized transaction by a completely different website. What does the status of the first uh, subscription have to do with it? I said, well, sorry, we can't challenge it. So I was like, all right, fine, I'll wait until April until the thing, uh, the other subscription that I was canceling is finally canceled. So I got back in touch with them two months later. 
and showed them all the same stuff that I showed them before. And then they came back with me the opposite excuse. They said, well, because your subscription has canceled, we have no, uh, no right to challenge this. And once again, I, I explained to them, like, what are you talking about? I'm challenging the one that has nothing to do with the subscription that was canceled. Like you just, I couldn't even get through to them what I was trying to challenge. I think finally I have gotten one of them to, cause, and they keep handing it off to different agents, right? So it's like yeah. every time you talk to them, it's somebody else. And then, uh, and it was only, you know, it's only 30 bucks. It's not the, right, it's not right. the end of the world, but you know, for some people, $30 means whether or not they can pay the power bill uh, yeah. at the end of the month. And yeah, man. Yeah, and so like you know, and it's like it's a week before they'll give me any answer, and it's always the wrong answer, and then I have to like try to clarify it for them. And then it's another week, so like this has been going on for for two months. What bank is this? This, I mean, that's just like that just sounds crazy. The story, <laughs> um, and the craziness of the story well, debit is cards don't have the same protections, protections as credit yeah. cards. That's actually, I think, uh, only partially true. So mm. it depends on how the debit card is used. If it's a pin transaction, you're right. But if it's a, if it's using the Visa, Mastercard mm. network mm. or American Express, I, well, usually this isn't Visa, a pin. This American, is just an right. So you purchase. are actually protected at least hmm. uh, anything over fifty dollars okay. is protected. So technically, the bank or the financial institution can charge you fifty dollars, um, but. Uh, the rest of it they actually have to waive legally because there's a law on this. But this all goes back to the socialization of risk, right? Mm-hmm. But what's weird about this is that they actually get to charge a fee that's more than thirty dollars. Well, they'll, they'll, they the can merchant. charge right fifty to hundred dollars to the merchant if mm-hmm. they if they do the rejection of that charge. So it's absolutely crazy that a uh, an employee at a financial institution would be like, oh no, we can't do that because yeah. they're making money off of it. Well, I didn't call their credit card uh, processor. I called my card company, so they wouldn't be issuing the fee. It would be the the fee would come from the the merchant uh, account of that company. Right, right. So, so they so wouldn't know. They don't know about the the challenge. At this the, point, there's no challenge from from their perspective. So your card, uh, the financial institution that you have a card with, would be getting something like between fifty and like a hundred bucks. If they reject the charge, really? though. yeah, the end, the end mm-hmm. destination, yep. the huh. merchant will lose the money, and huh. then that your bank will get wow. the fifty huh. to hundred bucks. Want to do it for it? So that's why I'm saying it's yeah. a very bizarre. It is. Um, you know that you know it's true that a merchant can like sort of object to the the, sure. the refusal, but because customers can generally, too, right? yeah, yeah, right. But generally speaking, it's always going to go in the, in favor of almost always is going to go in favor of the uh, the cardholder, not the not the merchant. If you want to join the show here, the number is 603-283-6160. You can bring up absolutely anything that you want. We got a little bit more on the economy. Plus, the Fed chair, Jerome Powell, got tricked online by some pranksters who are pretending to be Zelensky from Ukraine. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. These uh, Russian pranksters, I believe, are using some sort of AI to uh, masquerade as though they're the head of Ukraine. And we'll tell you more about it. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In 2022, Dash launched a killer app that allows you to spend Dash at over 155,000 locations across the United States, including major retailers, and you get a discount for paying with Dash. Finally, a reason to spend your crypto. It's called Dash Direct. Get it on your Apple or Android app store. 
The stores on Dash Direct each offer their own discount level, but some are as high as 8 to 9% off. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. It's Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. You can bring up absolutely anything that you want to discuss. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And we have a website. There's a lot of features on that site. You can enjoy those. Head on over to freetalklive.com. We have our Mastodon server, which is our own social media server. And you can go there and interact with other Free Talk Live listeners at social.freetalklive.com. Speaking of some of those listeners, I want to say thank you to Nathan, who is a gold-level supporter of AMPS. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way for you to get behind what we do here on Free Talk Live. And Nathan does that as a gold-level supporter, which means he's doing 10 bucks a month. So thank you, Nathan, uh, for stepping up and uh, helping us Spread the ideas of liberty and peace, cryptocurrency, the things we talk about here every night on Free Talk Live, seven nights per week. Uh, so head over there to amps.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, I want to go to the phones where we have Tommy on the line in Florida. Tommy, you're on Free Talk Live. Tommy, can you hear me? Hey, brother. Good morning. I hear all you guys. Can you guys hear me? Loud and clear. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Hey, Mr. Nobody, Mr. Penguin, there's been a lot of things on my mind recently, and I know that the feds are coming down hard on Ian and Bon Bon and the rest of the crew. Mr. Penguin knows me well. I've been calling you for 13 years, and Ian knows me well. And guess what? I've been following nobody's plan for the past 10 years. As he has been nobody's calling... Plan? I've got a plan. Nobody's, plan. <laughs> yes, Nobody's had a plan. He's got a plan. You've got a plan, and he's following it, apparently. Well, Groovy, well, is it working know, out for you? Know. Maybe I should try it. I have no idea. Maybe nobody. You know what? It's taken me 10 years, and now I finally got to the promised land, and now Ian's going to jail. Ari's going to jail. <laughs> it's taken me a decade to get here, and now I finally got here doing nobody's plan. Where are 10 you? Years ago. I thought you were in Florida. I'm in Florida. I'm in Florida. Okay. I'm stuck in Florida. You, and now Ian, okay. I mean, we've been working for this for 10 years, and now when I finally get to the promised land, Ian's going off to jail. Is Why Florida the promised land? I'm so confused. I, I thought Florida was where we came there. from. Yeah, you might have things a little backwards. Know. We left Florida, at least nobody and I. We uh, I know, used to live I in know. Florida, and we left there. That's not to, the promised land. To come to New Hampshire. I mean, Florida's the place you would want to go if you love conservatism, if you love crackdowns on immigration, which we just learned about this week. Uh, DeSantis is going to do the worst crackdown on immigration in any state in the last decade. Uh, if you love the idea of eight people being able to send, eight uh, jurors out of 12 being able to send someone to the death penalty, uh, they're passing that in Florida as well to make it the, uh, the easiest state to hand out the death penalty to people. So, I mean, that's the kind of place you've... You found yourself in there, Tommy. That's not the promised yeah. land. No. Besides all that, I've been focusing on nobody's promised land for 10 years on how to... What are you talking about? <laughs> what? Oh, 
Oh no! Are you talking about New Hampshire? Are you talking about the free free state project? What are you talking about? No, 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 no. I'm talking about in general. Nobody, and I'm not saying I did this. I don't know who did this, but nobody has been stating for ten years. If you want to really do activism, stick it to the state, get on disability, come to New Hampshire, and stick it to the man with activism. <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm going to say, what the hell are you talking about again? <laughs> I don't know. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. I'm no, nobody doesn't know what you're talking about. about. <laughs> and it's not like anybody's been trying to do it. I mean, my God, what so, a bunch of morons. Are you, you saying, know, Tommy, that you are on welfare and you're living in Florida? I'm saying nobody's been saying for 10 years they get on welfare and come to the free state and fight for the, you know, for the project. I mean, I fight have heard, state, I have heard nobody you know? say right. in the past that there's nothing wrong. And I don't just, I, I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Nobody, I don't think there's anything wrong with this. If, you know, you paid into the system, you might as well get some of that money back out. And even mm-hmm. if you're getting more out than you paid into it, then screw them. Use that money to turn a, you know, turn against them, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, on, if your on. choices are be a vic- be a victim of of taxation or take money from the people who are taxing you it's better to take money from them than to give money to them because they will use your money for mass murder if you don't take it back there, there, I, I got a little issue with this there's, there's oh i'm not saying there's nobody but there's almost sorry no one there's almost no one who is going to get more money out of the system that they've put in? This is true. I well, mean, the people who have put nothing in will yeah, get more out. But mm-hmm. almost everyone. And that's a, a almost, large number of people. Almost everyone has put more money in because it's going There's a lot in of people through, who have never worked a day in their life. Sarah. Yeah. I didn't say there was no one, but there's mm-hmm. almost no one. And, and part, of the, part of the reason is even Sarah has probably paid in through things like sales taxes and maybe maybe although she she's got subsidized rent probably but yeah there's there are ways that the state gets money out of all of us pretty much uh mm-hmm. that you don't know about increased prices for example through tariffs yeah. um you know but if you've never worked then <sighs> everything they take from you they gave to you first yeah i mean again it's it's almost no one it's not no one <laughs> okay yeah. but is that what you're referring to tommy you're talking about how over the years nobody has suggested this particular aspect of something someone could do and and said this is activism whatever you got to do to get to new hampshire nobody always praised it to fight the state and so whatever we got to do we got to do and by god now it's been 10 years i did what i got to do and i'm trying to get to new hampshire now you're going to prison if, if you did not, what you I'm have not, to do I'm how not, are you I'm still not, stuck I'm in florida I'm just, I'm just sad i mean my god we're working so hard you know, we got to keep going. All you had to well, do was get on a bus, Gus. <laughs> Did you think, Tommy, that they weren't going to put somebody in prison? Well, I was hoping we could, you know, get around in a little gray area, a little little sign here. Did you think there, for you know, a moment you know? that if if the free staters were to become an actual threat and i don't mean a violent one but a you know a, a peaceful threat to the status quo did you think that if they actually stood the position of potentially reducing the size and the scope and the influence of government or potentially encouraging people to secede from the united states that the federal government wouldn't lift a finger to go mm-hmm. after those people i thought if you had all the loopholes and everything all put together that they could but they don't give us okay. they don't care yeah, well, I didn't say it. Yeah, I know you didn't, and I, I appreciate that. Uh, but-
but yeah, of course, they're a violent gang. They're, that's the tool that they have. That That's the only thing they know how to do is to use violence. So of course they're going to turn to violence. Of course they're going to put people in, a, in prison cells. That's what they do. When the only tool you have are jackbooted thugs, everybody looks like a baby seal that needs to be clubbed. Well, anyway, thanks, nobody. <laughs> I've been working on this for a decade, and now I got none. I'm just kidding. We'll get it figured out. I love you guys. Thank, God Thank you, Tommy. Good luck to you. Project. Good luck to you I'm down there. I'm not sure what he's been doing for a decade, though. <laughs> he started out in Florida. He's still in Florida. That That's that's not a lot of progress. Yeah, it shouldn't take. I mean, unless you are the most tied-down individual, you know, you've got a business with multiple locations and a family, and you're in the middle of school or something, right? Like, you've got some excuse. Ex-wives with ten. kids are the biggest thing, because yeah, you can't wild. get your ex-wife to move yeah that's true that is a big even, i don't tie even down. know i don't even know i mean i okay so maybe maybe I, I, the business one i think is just a poor excuse but maybe the kids with the ex-wife that yeah. maybe 10 but years. he didn't say that was what was holding depends on whether you like your kids that's, that's true. That's I mean, that's yeah. true. I can take yeah. them or leave them. So, uh. <laughs> uh, but you know, ten years is a long time. Uh, maybe you know, if it is a kids thing, then he can come up after eighteen years or something like that. I don't know. Let's go to Crichton though. He's on the line in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Crichton. I, I think he maybe he's just walking to Florida from Miami. I mean, walking to New Hampshire from Miami and just as far as he's gotten. Um, I think he'd make well, it. Well, if it's years. taking him yeah. ten years to get this far, he's a slow, uh, slow man. I, I think it would be. Uh, he did mention it, he was disabled, so. It, I guess. Did uh, I miss that? I mean, some people do the Appalachian Trail in what, like several months or something? Or Yeah, yeah. Know. I mean, you 10 know, years is enough time. What You know, I, I know people who have biked to New Hampshire from Florida. So, I mean, maybe he can, get, he can just get an electric bike and, you know, mm-hmm. if he's disabled, problem solved. Maybe. I know a guy who maybe. walked here from Seattle. That's right. He? Really? Yeah. What was his name? Uh, Will. Will, yeah. Wow. He's still up here. Yeah. He still does uh, state house act. Well, good God, if I'd walked here from Seattle, I'd probably never leave either. He yeah. called that the uh, the Walk for Liberty. Yeah. was what that was called. That was many years ago. Uh, all right, Craig, what time. else, man? Yeah, I wanted to revisit a topic that came up a couple of days ago. Um, uh, the right to repair. Yeah. and The right to at, do what? Time, repair. Oh, okay. The right to repair our, our devices, our, our machines. And um, it was kind of passed off as not being very important. And I think I want to challenge that. Concept. Well, I don't know if I said it was not important. I said I was that this that, yeah. is a tough issue, actually. Yeah. I, I said that, you know, from a libertarian perspective, I don't support forcing companies to have to reveal their schematics to people. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's you should be not legally liable for anything if you crack open your your iPhone and you want to go in there yourself and and try to repair something. I think there's there's an opposite uh, kind of point on the libertarian side here is, and I think that is the neither party should be forced to do anything. Right. Companies shouldn't be forced to reveal schematics or release source code or do anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, I should be able to reverse engineer that software or if the sources are released, make copies of it without the, being sued or the binary of it for that yeah. matter. It's, yeah. it's intellectual property or copyright. That's actually the reason that we end up with these, even in situations where, you know, um, corporations are not based around copyright they all utilize it basically to gain more control over the markets uh than they than they would otherwise have we'd have more free market competition without copyright 
So I think that's basically what yeah, I'm trying well, to say is that's the target you should focus on, not forcing companies to do anything. Which is what the re- right to repair bills, as I understand it, are doing. Right, right. right. And we should, have the, we should have the right to try to repair stuff. That doesn't necessarily mean that anybody else should be obligated to provide you with parts or components. It's right. really the, what you should be doing is using the free market to not buy from those companies that are not giving you those parts. Yep. And that's what I said essentially the other night. And yeah. I think it is an important issue, Crichton. But what did you want to add to it? Crichton? Uh-oh, you just hit a bad sell. We property. lost every word there. Start that sentence over, please. Okay. Can you hear me? We got you now. I'm, Go ahead. I'm going to, um, I wanted to skip over the intellectual property right issue at all because it's not even necessary to my point. Um, when you we buy our devices, they come in with two major components. They come with the hardware and the software. And whether or not the software is an intellectual property or not is, in, is beside the point. When you buy the hardware, it belongs to us. Mm-hmm. The physical object is inarguably ours. Um, yeah. And if for whatever reason, it doesn't work, whether it's a physical problem or it's a software problem, if we don't have the right to, re- to fix that problem ourselves, either by changing parts or by replacing the operating system with one that better suits us, mm-hmm. then we don't own that object. And that My question is, do you not yeah. have that right today? We don't, but it's it, the solution isn't to force companies to give you... Why don't you? What's to stop me so from opening laws up... laws that prevent you from opening up and reverse engineering stuff and trying to fix your own really? hardware. Um, yeah, there's something called the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, yeah. and part of that... Uh, basically um yeah prohibits uh that sort of thing i I just as an example prohibits disabling things that they call anti-circumvention measures which means um anything they do to prevent you from doing what you want to do with your property that's the bigger problem uh the 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 people who are advocating for right to repair while you can sympathize with them um it's not it's not the right the direction to go is are they proposing to get rid of that uh, no I, not act? as far as i know no. um but that's what we should be focusing on yeah that would seem not, to solve the problem you know then. not not trying to force companies to give uh you know give us parts just mm-hmm. because we prefer an well, apple over I don't know, something else i have i have a different perspective than than that i think my problem i see is is that when somebody when a company sells you an iphone for example let's just take that as an example and if if you buy the iPhone, you believe you bought it. You paid a large sum of money to buy the iPhone, and then three years down the line or seven years down the line, the company that upgrades the, the software no longer supports that device. Well, what happens is that your device is now broken by no fault of your own, and um, the company that sold it to you broke it. for um, So they didn't treat it as your property. They treated, treated it as theirs. So when they sold it to you the first time and told it was to you that it belonged to you, that was fraud. Um, that's my problem. With deception. It. I, you know, it's, so it's it's an interesting argument, um, and I, I, you might have something there, mm-hmm. but it's it's a little bit hard to see if you if you know what I mean. I think the answer to this is is free market and not buying from companies that mm-hmm. tie their products into cloud services and similar. Right. You could grab an Android, wipe that thing, and right. uh, put on one of the open source alternatives. Right. We don't right? we don't need a law on this. I don't think. I think the answer is to stop doing business with fraudsters and scammers. It's not like we don't know who they are. It's not mm-hmm. like it's impossible to figure out. 
Um, you know, this is stuff that is pretty well known. I mean, when people are advocating for right to repair, most of it's around Apple. I mean, everybody knows Apple does this. I mean, the way to not have this problem is not buying. They've Apple. done it forever. Right. I mean, this well, is not, not new. Just Back in the day. Apple was my favorite company in the world. Well, when like, Apple II, he was around. Yes, <laughs> and I loved my Apple II. And I bought one of the very first Macintoshes oh, uh, to come off the off the uh, the line. The black and white, hundred black and white <laughs> yeah. built-in monitor, one hundred and twenty-eight k of RAM. Yeah. And 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 I wanted to open it up and look inside, so I went down to the computer store, and I said, yeah, it's, I seem to need a different kind of screwdriver than I have to open the case on this thing so I can look inside. And they said, yeah, we can't sell that to you. It's, mm-hmm. it's illegal. And, and I yeah, never bought another yeah, like Apple again. Yep. Um and, and I still have not. I actually yep. I own a mini Mac, but I didn't buy it. Somebody <laughs> gave it to me. Um, and technically, Cell Four One One owns it. That was bought used too for like two hundred yeah, bucks. Well, no. you, you know something else I want to point out is that there is, there are options on the market that do the opposite of what Apple and a lot of these other companies do. And yes, it does take a little bit of effort to you know seek them out, but. It's not like it's impossible. It's what not, are these options? Like well, my own company is one of them, but uh, that's a little self-serving here, so I will... Um, that's okay. You can advertise. All right. ThinkPenguin.com. So my company, we sell Linux systems that have, we basically have the opposite, opposite philosophy. We try to empower users by giving them access to the components, um, you know, parts, and, you know, and not even necessarily just for our systems that we sell, but for, you know, a- any system that is at least... A little bit more open and isn't as locked down um so. well i i gotta say i'm i'm very pleased because i have a uh think penguin laptop that was actually given to me after the uh fbi stole everything i owned and uh and one of the keys has, has flipped off the uh the keyboard and i i asked mr penguin tonight hey can you get a get a laptop for or can you get a keyboard for for my laptop and he said we have those <laughs> so i was like oh wow that's good nice. service yeah we actually <laughs> stock parts and uh new parts and yeah even many years later you can actually get replacement parts for us well system. i was in it, I, I don't want to go too far afield here but uh Crichton, was there anything else you wanted to say about this yeah, I, I mean, I use the Apple example because everyone thinks about that. But the the problem I have with I this is that it's not just Apple, I and mean, it's not just phones. It's it's all kinds of electronic devices, but it's not just electronic devices. It's also cars and um, tractors for uh, your, your your farm. There's there's all yeah. kinds of examples. Yeah, that are, that's true. Like there's that, coffee makers that you can only use their special uh, K cups or whatever, and you know you gotta you gotta know where to, you can go K-cup. in. K cup, God, she's really <laughs> built. You can go in and cross the <laughs> wires or, or solder apart, and then you can undo the the restrictions. But uh, but you gotta you know you gotta spend a little bit of time on that. Uh, but that said, I think still your solution here, Chris, is the right way to go. Not every company does this. Some companies do make their schematics available, yep. uh, and you just have to give your business to the right companies. Yeah, we have DRM free coffee, by the way, coffee mugs. DRM free, <laughs> really? Yep, yep. <laughs> and explicitly because of the Keurig situation. And you know what? That's we, what I was. You That's know what? what I meant, you know yeah, what Keurig. we did when, when, when? You know what I did? Um, I, me and my partner did. I don't actually drink coffee, but you know what yeah. we did when uh, that happened? When they started adding DRM to mm-hmm. coffee makers, Keurig coffee makers, we went out and bought a different coffee maker. Boom, problem solved. 
right? Absolutely. Yeah. Crichton, thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate it. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. If at some point you find yourself, and I'm not saying Crichton was saying this, but if at some point you find yourself saying the government ought to, or that the solution to a given problem is that the government should create some kind of regulation or some kind of program, you are off the program, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you have lost. You're off the reservation. You've you've lost uh, the. You have forgotten the face of your father. You've, you've <laughs> lost your way. And you have to remember that that is the hallmark of someone who has lost their creativity. You do not have a creative solution. You have not thought of a a peaceful market-based solution that can solve your problem. It's out there, Mm -hmm. and you've just decided to go straight to the guns of government to solve it. The only proper sentence that starts out with the government ought to ends with jump up its own booty hole and die (laughs) in sewage. Most of the problems... Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I think most of the problems that we have are the result of violence and government um, and the way to fight government and violence is by advocating for repealing laws um you know the reason we only have one or two options on the market is because of you know things like licensing and copyrights and the things that are they're a tool they're repealing laws is great but have you ever tarred and feathered a politician (laughs) (laughs) let's continue here we got alu axelman on the line from the liberty block and you're on free talk live hey guys thanks for taking my call hey what's on your mind agree with what you guys in the last two callers the last few nights have been saying about right to repair i heard about that kind of legislation a few years ago and i thought it was very interesting i understand why people support it um pretty complicated but like you said ian pretty much um if it violates the natural right to contract and violates the property rights of anyone then i would not support it if it if it um protects against things that are laws like penguin mentioned there are some laws seemingly that prevent people from doing certain things then I would support it. So it just comes back to the simplistic kind of uh, property rights doctrine. But I'll tell you what, if you op- if you start a company that will sell me phones that I can upgrade and repair, I'll pay more for that phone than I would pay for some solid state piece of crap down. that I don't trust. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. <laughs> I'd, you pay more for freedom in some cases, right? Yeah. So I wanted to talk about the uh, recent um study that came out a few days ago i guess about the masks and breaking news if you rebreathe your own co2 it's bad because you're going to have increased co2 um i know it's shocking i actually wrote no about shice, that sherlock what's your next clue <laughs> yeah, yeah. so well, now there's march a study apparently about this go ahead Alu. yeah in, in march of 2021 when i first published my book there was there were two whole chapters on masks one of them dealt with the medical issues with masks, one with the social and psychological issues. Um, but yeah, it explained right. like very simply, anyone can feel it and I can feel it when you put on a mask, you there's some dead space there, you, you rebreathe some of your carbon dioxide, mm-hmm. you're supposed to breathe essentially zero, like uh, 44 parts per million, or like 0.04% or something of CO2 in the air, then you exhale like 6%, the byproduct of metabolism, um, but you're supposed to exhale that, but then when you're exhaling, it's 6% CO2. You guys make this way too complicated. Obviously, it's harder to breathe with a mask on. <laughs> Sure, but it's also... Even if you put your head under the covers, (laughs) you know, it'll help you stay warmer, but but eventually you're going to want to get some fresh air. Yeah, that's not all he's saying, though, Chris. Yeah, it's obviously harder to breathe in when you have something covering your face, 
But what he's saying is it's also bad for your health to breathe in the thing, the chemical that you are out outwardly expelling because that is supposed to be going out from your body, not back into it. And now there's an actual study that has been done showing some potential health problems coming from rebreathing. Yeah, it your sounds, sounds like carbon. Summer, a summarization of this is it's harder to breathe with a mask on. But yeah. you will almost <laughs> like, never um, benefit by consuming any of the things that comes out of your body. Right. That's gross. So unless you're a dog, because they don't retain certain vitamins. Hmm. Yeah, so I explained in the book, there are two issues, obviously, breathing in what, what your body really needs is oxygen, so it, it restricts that a little bit, so your oxygen will be, you know, a tiny bit lower, or you'll have to work harder, and breathing out the carbon dioxide, so, bo- and so both are actually restricted a little bit, and, and eventually, you know, chronically, a long-term lower oxygen level and higher carbon dioxide level are both pretty bad for you, it turns out. Indeed. Alu, thanks for joining us, man. Well, uh, I've noticed, I've seen how stupid people have gotten since COVID. They're even <laughs> stupider than they used to be. And Alu, by the way, is a, uh, a professional ambulance guy. He's an EMT, so he knows a thing or two about... Um, not an healthy. ambulance chaser. No, not one of those. Thanks, Alu, for the call today. <laughs> we got more coming up here. Hour number two is on the way. You can join us on Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join the show here as we kick off the second hour. The number, if you want to bring up whatever you want, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 here tonight. Got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. You can join us online, of course. Just head over to freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features that we have there. Uh, once again, that is freetalklive.com. Coming up in October of this year, our very own Mark Edge is going to be taking a trip to Prague, and you could join him there for what I believe is the third year of the Liberty in Our Lifetime conference. It's happening October 14th and 15th. They're going to be focusing on the so-called free cities, self-governing territories that say they uphold individual rights and freedoms. There will be representatives from projects in the United States, Honduras, Germany, and Norway that are going to be joining the conference to share updates on their progress and explain why you should consider moving to or doing business in a free city. Mark spoke at last year's conference. He'll be back speaking there this year. You can get 10% discount on your tickets by using code FTL, like Free Talk Live. Just go to libertyinourlifetime.org. You can learn more about the event there. Once again, that's libertyinourlifetime.org, code FTL, to save 10%. Let's talk to Ricky. He's in Pennsylvania. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. 
Thank you there, Brother Ian, Brother Nobody, Brother Chris. Good evening. Ricky, what is on your mind? Well, I got this is a two-level thing. Uh, there's two points to this. And, you know, nobody kind of got me going with this because I had another topic in mind. Well, first off, as I mentioned in the past, uh, recently, uh, in recent years, I started collecting SSD. And this goes in his Social line, Security like Disability. It, Right, uh-huh. which is different than SSI, like surrogates, which I said last night should be completely eliminated. Okay. You know, because, I mean, we're talking your own money. Now, what's interesting about mine is uh, I have a current case going against Social Security, which, unfortunately, I can't talk a whole lot about. I have talked a little bit about it. One thing I can say, it's totally legal, and I got them. I mean, that should close this year. But I can say this. It, it because of the nature of the things they did and what I what I'm doing is perfectly legal. So I do have on believe it or not, the U.S. government is the ones fighting for me in this case because of what they did. Okay. Uh, What's the point of telling us about a case you can't tell us about? Well, yeah. I, he can't tell you that. I said it, well, here's the reason why. I said it. <laughs> no, I, I said it for this reason, and hopefully one day I can go into it. Uh, but, you know, I have future endeavors, which I've been mentioned recently. Now, I did unfortunately find out that uh, even though SSD is completely different than SSI, it's like SS, because I went under a disability, there is a monetary limit for me uh, as far as how much money I can generate outside of the damn check, which is mine to begin with. Meaning that so you are limited that. to what you can do as far as working? Not working, but gener- yeah, working, basically. Okay. You know, there's so much money I can generate. Now, I can have, like, the piece of property I mentioned, that's 150 grand. I can actually have as much money I, as, in my account as I want. Mm-hmm. But generating uh, from work is another story. So here's the conclusion I came to. Here's my idea <laughs> to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. At least at first. Now, I've been mentioning about, uh, a future business idea. Nobody heard about this. And I talked about it on Beard Talk Live. And uh, I believe I'll be successful. Now, it depends on how successful I am with that. Uh, but what I'm going to do is, right off the top, what I'm going to do is say, okay, 80% of what I generate, because I'm going to have to file taxes anyways, I'm going to give to charity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, here's the only thing, though, with that. Uh, that's funny is Richie wasn't really like, like optimistic about my idea. In fact, he kind of like sounded like he wanted me to kind of fail, you know, because it's funny because the only, I don't trust charities. The only people I actually trusted that I would give to is like you guys, because I don't trust charities because you don't know where it's going. Well, you can always donate to uh, Self 411, which uh, basically will provide me with pizza and weed and keep me coding. I mean, what is the way someone could do that, nobody? How could someone donate to Self 411? Um, at you... this point, get in touch with me. Yeah, how do they do that? Uh, you can contact me uh, at, uh, let's see, uh, Rich Freeman Paul, rich.freeman.paul at gmail.com. 
All right, very good. And you'll come up with crypto or other ways to. Yeah, donate, I've got right? crypto addresses. You can mm-hmm. cash app me. Uh, you can send me a check. You can send me a bag of weed. You can send me <laughs> well, a, a pound of gold. That, I like the weed option. My language. All right, man. Well, that that'd be great, Ricky. And feel free to do that. I appreciate the call tonight. Don't send me more than three quarters of an ounce because the feds are looking to crucify me. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, the number here is six zero three two eight three six. 6160. If you want to join the show, you can do that. Uh, you mentioned Cell 411. It's a project that we picked up. God, it's been almost three years now. Oh, uh, God. If you can believe it. I, I spent seven months of that in jail. Yeah. But I, I realize that it's still going slowly. but um. It seems like you've had a couple of programmer types show up in the chat room recently. Am I, did I see that correctly? Uh, yes. Yeah, there there have been a couple, and and they've expressed an, an interest. Um, I responded to them. I haven't heard back from them, so mm-hmm. sometimes people just come and and they get a wild hair and they say oh i want to mess with this and then they don't um Mm -hmm. but hopefully they'll come back and do it and people can find the uh, cell 411 chat rooms that we're talking about if you are you know if you're interested in doing beta testing just as a user or if you're interested in programming it it's an app that allows you to well when it works and i don't know what its current status is but uh when it works it allows you to send a a, emergency alert to friends of yours if something's happening or you can also receive emergency alerts from your Mm -hmm. friends and so let's say your your buddy's getting pulled over on the highway or somewhere in town uh and he sends out an alert you'll get the location you'll find out who it is and you'll get some idea of what's going on you might even get a live video stream Mm -hmm. of uh of the scene that would allow you to respond uh, to that circumstance and maybe bring out your video camera and record what's happening try to provide some assistance very very handy my favorite case of that was i was getting pulled over in in manchester um and uh i sent out an, an alert and uh, a guy named colin happened to pick up the uh the alert and he was right in the area and it showed my gps location mm-hmm. so he got in his truck and went driving by us and yelled f the police out his window <laughs> well all the cops forgot about me entirely and went to chase him oh, wow. so i just I'm, i was standing there going hey am i free to go now i guess i am everybody yep. else is gone <laughs> so i just went they did eventually catch up with him uh. but it what he did was perfectly legal so they couldn't do anything about it nice i was in manchester though i would be afraid they might shoot me uh, yeah well manchester new hampshire pigs are some of the finest swine you'll find but uh new hampshire uh or manchester police are like the worst of the best yeah that's true I don't hear a lot about police shootings there, but they have beaten a few people. Uh, we've got video of true. our friends being, uh, uh, what is it, this stung with the, I want to say stingray. Talking about Skyler? Uh, what's that? Talking about Skyler? You're talking about tasers? Tasers, yeah, tasers. Okay. And uh, I don't, yeah, I think so. Savage Truth, 603? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Connected to him. 603-283-6160 is the number. Again, check out uh, getcell411.com. There's a menu at the top right of the screen there. You can find the chat rooms, and that's one way that you can get in touch with nobody. He checks in like once a week uh, yeah. with uh, those chat rooms. So be patient if you're trying to reach out to him that way. 
Uh, and hopefully we're going to see a uh, an update. I know you've been working on getting something out. Hopefully sooner. I don't know. It's hard to really put a date on on these things, but it, um, it really is. I know we shut down an old back end system uh, called Back for App, which was costing quite a bit of money. So yeah. we've there's been some significant sort of changes to the guts. Uh, of the system, it seems, because that was a, a, a critical aspect of it. You changed yeah. out the video system too, I believe, right? Yeah, the video system has been has been changed out, and and for a while, I I I tried I tried to save the old the old system by going back to the old code and and fixing that up, but it, it had experienced too much bit rot, so I'm mm. back in the new code base. Okay, and. Uh, and it's uh it's doing relatively well i've i've got to uh i've i tore out the code that it uses to load itself when it bootstraps because the uh the original system like every time you go to a screen it has to hit the internet and uh and download that data from the server hmm. And I've changed the focus to basically keep all of the data that that you need on a regular basis locally on your phone. Mm-hmm. That's faster, though, and right? yeah, it's, yeah, it's faster yeah, that way, and it's more uh, probably more secure. Okay. Um, but so I've got some finishing touches to put on that. But and, you need beta uh, testers, you need programmers, yes. you need donators, right? All those things. Absolutely. I need all yeah. the things. I need somebody to answer email if you don't have any technical skills, uh you know, we we should be be like responding to people who send us email and that kind of thing. So, yeah, uh, no matter who you are, I can probably find a use for you unless you're a politician or a cop. <laughs> <laughs> um, Check it out. Get cell 411com Hit the menu at the top right for those things. All right. So uh, so did you guys see the news? It was probably like three or four weeks ago about the head of the European Central Bank, Christine Lagarde. She's this skinny, white haired lady kind of really elderly as you might expect uh but she's the head of the european central bank she got tricked by some online so-called pranksters but this isn't like your typical prank it's not like a ha-ha got you kind of prank i mean they got her but it wasn't funny it's like a serious political statement basically they pretended to be vladimir Zelensky from ukraine now, it's not revealed exactly how they did this, but presumably they're using some sort of AI, some kind of live AI, uh, you know, face tool, right, to kind of replace their face with Zelensky or to auto-generate a, a Zelensky face. And they're doing something to Im- uh, maybe imitate his voice or perhaps they're using AI uh, to imitate his voice. But whatever they're doing, they're able to get... Christine Lagarde, and now Jerome Powell is the latest news. This is the head of the U.S. Federal Reserve. So you get the European Central Bank head <laughs> and the... the, the US. I wonder if they're libertarians, because those aren't the targets most people would pick. Yeah, I don't know. There are a couple of Russian guys. Uh, their names are Vovon and Lexus. They're notorious pranksters, apparently. I knew Lexus. She was a stripper in Georgia. It's definitely a stripper name, for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, but they uh, they tricked these head central bankers into believing they were actually speaking with Zelensky. And so they're... How did they do that? Just begging for money incessantly? (laughs) I don't know how they did it, but somehow they got the conversation with these people booked. It's a video uh, conference, right? So they've got video 
of Lagarde, and now they've got video of Powell. They caught her with Lagarde guys. down. They sure did. <laughs> and you know these these are high level politicians with a lot of power, and they got their guard down. So they're they're going to admit to things that they would otherwise not admit to if they thought they were being interviewed by you know ABC News or or something like that. And so you guys well, are- they'd tell ABC News too, but ABC News would never put it on the air. ABC Maybe. News had the skinny on Epstein three true, yeah. years before he was busted, and they spiked the story. Yeah, that's true because the British royal family asked them to. But it sounds like you guys didn't see the Lagarde thing when it came out. No, no. yeah. So that was, and so what probably happened was. They probably did both of these uh, pranks or tricks or whatever you want to call it at around the same time, and they just haven't released the Powell one until now because you would think that they would have their you would think Powell would have had his guard up if it was three weeks later and yeah. the same thing happened. So they must have done it around the same time. Uh, but uh, according if Lagarde to, warned him to put his guard up, according to uh, RT.com, Russia Today, they say that Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell predicted a recession. And acknowledge the central bank's role in creating it. Okay, predicting a recession is kind of silly, Consider we've been in recession sure. for a year. The Biden administration is just now lying about right. what the word recession means. It means, yeah. and has always meant, two quarters of negative electronic, uh, electronic GDP, leg- right? negative economic growth mm-hmm. consecutively. That's right. And they stopped. Uh, they changed that definition last year. And now they but they didn't no change it to anything. They right. just said it doesn't mean that anymore. But we don't have a new definition. <laughs> that's what for they said. It. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, and, and there was uh, some admission recently by the Federal Reserve publicly that they are seeing a recession on the on the horizon. So that's not particularly new. But he did also apparently acknowledge their role. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I guess they would see it on the horizon, considering it's been going on for years. He did acknowledge their role in creating it. The tricksters, whose real names are Vladimir Kuznetsov and Alexei Stolyarov, shared several clips from their January chat with Powell on Thursday. Powell predicted, quote, a recession is almost as likely as very slow growth. He said further, I think that's partly because of us having raised rates quite a bit, but this is what it takes to get inflation down. He said further, what we need... What it takes to get inflation down is an end to fiat money and a real monetary system that works. Yeah, well, you know he's not going to be helping with that. Well, that's not his skill set. Yeah. (laughs) He says what we need is a period of slower growth so the economy can cool off, so the labor market can cool off, so that wages can cool off. That's how inflation comes down. Okay, now the billionaires are worth about three times what they were worth at the beginning of COVID. Mm -hmm. But he's not worried about that. He wants to make sure that poor people make less money. Yeah, by cool off, he means businesses are going to go out of business. Right. Right. That's what that means. Because there are a lot of smaller mom and pop businesses who are on the edge of, you know, making it. And having costs go up as they are right now is going to be enough to push those people over the edge into uh, having to close their doors. Those that survived, uh, I mean, those businesses that didn't already die of the government response to COVID. Right, yeah. This is going to kill off the next wave. Yeah, so uh, we're not talking about the weak, you know, the weak uh, businesses. We're talking about the stronger businesses now, which is kind of scary. Yeah. It can be painful, he says, but we don't know of any painless way for inflation to come down. Honest money. 
Well, I mean, the way you could have solved the problem in the first place is not printing it during the, you know, not yeah. the trillions and trillions. <laughs> yeah, of, yeah, the, 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 the three is, quarters that was printed in one year. There mm-hmm. is no, there is no painless way to liquidate the boom because any more than there's a painless way to recover from a hangover. Mm-hmm. The way to solve the problems of hangovers is don't get drunk. Yeah. Otherwise, you got to get through the pain. Yeah. That much is true. So he's right about that. And ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, and But the problem is their system is going to just set up more pain. Even yes. if you go through this pain, they're going to keep doing the same things they've always done, which is to say, go back to the printing press, yeah. keep on cranking out more money for the politicians, because the one thing the politicians will not do is reduce the size and the scope of government. Yeah. And, and you no. know, it's it's the disgusting thing is it's us who suffers, the majority who suffer, because unless you yes. were one especially of the, the poor, yeah, 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 especially the poor, but not, not really just the poor, the middle class, the, even the upper middle yeah. class. Um, you know, there, and, and this isn't this is this is a situation where the most of the money went to the big corporations. That's right. They gave a little bit of money to the small businesses, and they gave a really they tiny gave bit, a of, money bit of money to but then they shut them down for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, 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 right. So where they might have compensated a little bit some of the smaller businesses, so they survived a few more months during during covid um it's the big businesses who who won out and the rest Mm -hmm. of us are now paying for it so so what's the scope of that like well if you look at the first bailout bill okay um and let's assume that the twelve hundred dollars went to every man woman and child in america that's 320 million people it didn't go to every man woman and child in america but pretend it did just the taxpayers that's 328 million times uh times 1200 okay the size of the bill was in the trillions, mm-hmm. okay? So that a trillion dollars is a thousand billion dollars. Yep. A billion right. dollars is a thousand, thousand million. million dollars. So basically, you got fifteen dollars in debt for every dollar that you got as part of your bailout. This is if you're not a major corporation. And now you're getting raped on interest for the debt that you didn't contract for, you didn't sign for, and you didn't want. The politicians saddled you with that debt because their only asset is your existence as a slave. And this is why they need to be tarred and feathered. <laughs> Make tax collectors birds again. <laughs> yeah, you, you know the other disturbing thing about the whole thing was they redistributed your money to thieves uh, because there was no yes. there was no mechanism to stop I mean besides themselves <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about themselves it's just mm-hmm. like like run of the mill thieves they redistributed money to because there was no checks few, on yeah. who the money was going to no checks on the checks <laughs> right yeah well I mean they're just printing the money out so why do they really care <laughs> well they don't and for that matter the treasury department could print money 
just like the Federal they can Reserve coin it. They prints can coin money. money. Well, they can coin money. They mm-hmm. can also print it. They can, can they? do. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to nothing to stop them. Hmm. Uh, and so, basically, if they printed the money themselves, that money would just belong to the government. And they could use it for whatever they wanted to without paying interest to anybody. Yeah. So mm. why do they borrow money from the banker's scum at interest? Why? Because they want to steal from you for their banker scum friends. Yeah, they're all in it together. Yep. And that's another good point, nobody. It's, it's a good thing you brought up the interest. Because most people don't know this, but when the government, the federal government goons take uh, loans, essentially, from the Federal Reserve, which is what they're always doing. They're which getting, is private. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pri- private bank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not federal and it doesn't have yeah. any reserve. We say government prints money, but it's not really the government printing money. The, the government is just borrowing the money from the people who do print money, and that's a private entity. And the, mm-hmm. the Federal Reserve charges them interest, which means they're charging you, the taxpayer, interest. Which is a tremendous amount. It's like hundreds of billions of dollars a year now that the federal government has the to pay. The entire take from the income tax mm-hmm. barely pays the interest on the federal debt, if it even pays the interest anymore. Right. Because we're up to thirty-one trillion. Somebody said to me the other day on Twitter, "Oh, that guy's got more assets than the than the federal government." I said, "Well, anybody who's less than thirty-one trillion dollars in debt has a higher net worth than the federal government." Well, guess what? All what else? When the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, the interest payments from the federal government going to the Federal Reserve also have to go up as well. Yeah. Uh, there's more coming up here, and I think it's like at the military spending levels right now. Hmm. It is Free Talk Live. Join the show here. Bring in whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. You can join us online anytime you want. we got archives that go back for many years. You can download those at your leisure. We've also got plenty of video archives on our Odyssey channel. Odyssey is a great platform that's based on, to some extent, on the library protocol uh, library is something we've been supporting here for a very long time on Free Talk Live. Uh, sadly, the SEC has been targeting library. I saw Jeremy Kaufman from library. It's spelled, by the way, LBRY.com. Uh, Jeremy said he has to do what is hopefully his final deposition because the SEC mm. is deposing him and library even after they have killed the business, even after they have won the case. The SEC has completely defeated library in this ridiculous case, claiming that the library uh, well, token— they've defeated the company. They haven't defeated the protocol, Correct. which is yeah. still up and running. You can't stop the signal. Correct, and yeah, it will it, continue. The spirit. This is this is the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand. You know, uh, the government can win a battle. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to win the war. And it's the spirit that yeah. lives on. And people. And and I usually am thinking about this in the context of like the crypto six and and the move, uh, the the free state project and the move here. You know, the no matter what happens with the crypto six situation, it brings more people to New Hampshire. It gets mm-hmm. attention, and we end up with even more stuff happening down the road. So, yeah, you you sort hopefully of, not involving tanks you driving sort of, into people's houses. Sure, yeah. hopefully, hopefully, it'll but probably it, happen to someone else at some point. Hopefully, I mean, that's what they do. It's 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 it's, it's the the point that I'm trying to make is, is just that it's not 
it, it's things sometimes sound bad, but they're not quite as negative as they sound, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Even when the terrorists win, people see what they did. That's right. Yeah. And, and people don't like terrorism mostly. You know, there there are exceptions. They're called communists and fascists. Yeah. They love terrorism, but most people don't like terrorism. Well, unfortunately, none of those people were on my jury because uh, they didn't seem to mind the fact that they rolled a tank into our house. Yeah. That, that video got played in court yeah. like two or three times mm-hmm. during the trial in full. But uh, Well, no, unfortunately, the people on juries tend to be the people who are too stupid to get out of jury duty. And that's unfortunate because... You know, Doug Steinholp does does a uh, does a routine where he talks about jury duty, and jury duty is your opportunity to stick it to the man. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's your opportunity to show up and say whatever nonsense these scumbag uh, psychopaths have done. We can reverse that just by saying not. Guilty. Yep, that's true. Uh, if you want to, you can learn more over at the Fully Informed Jury Association. It's called Jury Nullification. I recommend that you do that because you could save somebody from going to prison who's never harmed anyone else. Yeah, if you're in that uh, that position. Uh, so right as we were, unfortunately, going- you can't throw the cops in prison. Mm-hmm. But- Oh, well. True. Right we as, can always hope for the day. As we were going out to uh, break, I said that the interest payments on the money that the Federal Reserve is giving over to the federal government thugs is getting close to military levels. I actually went ahead and pulled up the actual numbers. If you go by quarter one of 2023, and if you look at the chart, it's just been going up consistently since late 2020. Just keeps on the numbers uh, just keep on going up. And of course, you know, in, in the last year is when they really started to ramp up the rates and the payments uh, that the the federal government's been making has been ramping up as well. So quarter well, the one. Failment, the, the payments that you have been making. That's true. Thank you for that. Yeah. Quarter one uh, in 2023, it was $232 million uh, that, uh, I'm sorry, billion, $232 billion uh, that got paid out. So you were, if you were to take that number and then multiply it by four, you get over $920 billion is the current if – it, if, it if it were to not go up any further, that's mm. what it would be. But it's likely going to keep going up, so it's probably going to be over a trillion dollars in just interest payments alone – in this year from the federal government wow. taxpayers wow. to the Federal Reserve. A trillion here and a trillion there. Pretty soon you're talking about real money. Which is more than <laughs> the military budget. It's more than that, I, which is just over $700 At billion. least the part of the military budget that's on the books. I, I'm just thinking back to the 90s when I first heard about like this. and it, I think it was like $2 trillion or something was... Uh, like we're actually the, the the interest payments is almost what it was when I first You're talking heard about the of debt. You're saying it was two trillion dollars debt. Yeah, okay. yeah, and it, it's it's mm-hmm. gone up so much, fifteen that, times. <laughs> it's in like that how are we going to pay off two trillion dollars in debt? But we're now not, it's not paying off two, two trillion in debt. It's paying two trillion in debt in interest payments. <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost, uh, yeah. Which is crazy. And yep. Adam Smith was telling the truth in 1776. When he said that when government debts have reached a a certain point, they are never 
actually paid. They're either settled by bankruptcy or they are settled by pretended payment. That means paying you in dollars that aren't worth the paper they're printed on. Mm -hmm. So I thought you might find that interesting. And this was all in regards to the conversation about the Federal Reserve chairman getting tricked by some Russian pranksters into having a conversation that he didn't realize was going to be on the record. He thought he was talking with Vladimir Zelensky, the Ukrainian president or dictator or whatever you want to call him. But no, he was actually talking to a couple Russian guys who recorded the whole conversation and they're now releasing the uh, the conversation for everybody to see what he actually nice. said. Well, I mean, that's the nice thing about governments that aren't aligned with yours is they're still lying to their own people about right. what they're doing to their own people and, and what they're doing to neighboring countries. But they might just tell the truth about what your government is doing <laughs> because your government is doing things just as bad to you as they are doing to their people. Facts. That's why I've always enjoyed RT's coverage because they're they're you know the only press at least uh, not the only one but certainly one of the most accessible ones that is really critical of the u.s the u.s government no. uh, let's go to major Payne. he's on the line in michigan you're on free talk live go ahead major hey guys um you know when kings make mistakes they lose countries but let's let's take uh, england and scotland when they drawed and quartered william wallace and sent Four pieces of them to the four corners of England, head is hung head on London Bridge. Well, that's what PO'd them enough to where they finally got together and kicked England's butt. They fought right? like warrior poets. They fought right? with Scot like Scotsmen. Scotsmen, yes. Um, okay, now I got to thinking about uh you guys were talking about the IQ of the average American jury. And I remember a while back I think it was on your show, but it might have been on somebody else's show. There's a guy that was filing lawsuits against the police department because they rejected his application and interview ship because his IQ was too high. You, did they you say interview ship? It was over 120. <laughs> I think that's what I you think said. So. You said I'm interview sure. ship, right? Yeah, that's Inter not a word, bro. <laughs> no, I didn't say internship. I said, uh, oh, don't, don't. Take me, make me go back in my own fishbowl. I can't remember what it said. Okay, go ahead. Sorry about that. I, so you anyway, like Klaus uh, from I, Family, uh, <laughs> from uh, the American Dad. You don't like the fishbowl. No, I don't like the fishbowl. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm not. Now even I've confused you. That just put a very weird thought in my head. I'm not going to go there. I have that uh, effect on people. <laughs> so anyway, I'm wondering if. Because, you know, there's five, seven standardized tests the government uses. And if during the jury application scenario, might they not use something that will disqualify anybody that's actually intelligent enough to discern? Well, you, you, know, what I, you know what I can say? I, so I will say one thing. Like in the Crypto 6 case, they removed the one person that had ever touched crypto from the juror pool, right? And mm -hmm. that was the first person that the prosecution, I believe, was removed. So if you do have somebody on the jury, uh, in the jury pool that might be good for your side, you can expect they're not going to end up on the jury. Yeah. Voidaire is French for jury tampering. They, they, they want you as ignorant as possible so they can fill your empty vessel. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, and yeah, Biden yeah. filled filled a lot of vessels. <laughs> they want to be able to tell a story, and they don't want the jury to understand the evidence because then the story uh, basically doesn't have to actually add up, or the evidence doesn't have to add up to what the story was that they're telling. And it's all based on emotion. Mm-hmm. So, and and most people are, uh, you know, most people are emotional. They 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 can tell a good emotional story, and you know, the the, the uh, prosecutor that is, and uh, the jury will convict. Well, it's the same with military recruitment. They want them when they're young and dumb. That's why they call the Marines jarheads. We will fill this empty vessel with our own propaganda. Mm, I yeah. believe it. Major, thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you. Gigi is on the line in South Carolina. Go ahead, Gigi. Gee. I love when the major calls. He's sharp. I like how he thinks. <laughs> yeah. He's sharpening him on a whetstone. <laughs> Very funny, gentlemen. Good evening, everybody. Yes, this is Gigi calling on Friday night here in muggy, hot, yucky Charleston. Can you believe I grew up in Miami just like the captain? And I read the captain didn't grow up in Miami. No, he grew up in uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, but then his family moved him to Miami. No, no, he actually uh, ran away. Yes, yes, he said he lived in Miami for many years as I don't a know okay. teenager. No, I think it was teenager. Panama Beach. He uh, he ran away from his <laughs> he family. He said Miami because okay. he mentioned Temple Israel in Miami. News to me. And News to me. I've heard his stories a lot Temple of times. Temple Emmanuel. Okay. I re- I pay attention to right, the very captain. Good. What else? Everybody knows that by now. So what about it? <laughs> right, so what, yeah, anyways, what are you trying to say? Anyways, I grew up as a teenager and as a preteen reading books by Judy Bloom. She talked about babysitting, school, girls developing their menstrual cycle, girls developing physiologically, girls being involved in sports sexual identity and now the florida legislature boom 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 baby all we all we need now is the crystal breaking from buildings and the books being burned because the florida legislature has banned judy bloom's books really? saying they're dirty wow. nothing like a little censorship to get I Friday night judy going. Bloom. the so-called free state of florida huh? Uh, there yeah. you go that's mm-hmm. right it's a disgrace yeah yeah well, I left Florida due to the lack of freedom. I know Ian did the same. Um, and I it's did not too. the it's not the free state that it pretends to be. Ain't that the truth? Not even close. Thank you, uh, Gigi. Sorry to hear the bad news, but thanks for sharing it with us. Uh, the number is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. Yeah, I mean the the whole free state of Florida thing is actually something that the governor there has been falsely promoting. So Humorous. he's trying, sanctimonious. Yeah, he's trying to make people believe that Florida is a free state when, in point of fact, it's just a state for conservatives. Yeah, that's all it is. I I left when they outlawed smoking in the restaurants, and I I, I mm. had to leave to keep from starving. <laughs> that was actually right around when we started Free Talk Live. It wow. was that uh, that very year that that went into uh, to effect. It was one of the first things we ever talked about. Wow, on this show. Yeah, that always irritated me, and I wasn't a smoker. <laughs> it was twenty-one years ago now that they that they did that. I, yeah. I, I always, I always, I was that always baffled me. It's like if if people don't like smoking, you know, you can have a restaurant or a business ban smoking without having it mandated by law. Ooh, I've got something for you about smoking here. Uh, I think we pretty much did most of the news about Powell, so let's move to it. So, New York State 
Now, you guys probably know that... Uh, New York City. You no, know, the worst. Worst. The state itself. Uh-oh. Uh, the empire. Yeah, the empire The empire state. is striking the back. worse than the city. The city's pretty bad. The city is generally considered <laughs> to be worse, but uh, but the state's really bad as well. And the... Uh, you know, this ties right in with what we're talking about. There have been step after step after step where they've been restricting even further and further cigarettes and tobacco companies in the United States. One of the most recent, of course, was the increase uh, from 18 to 21. You now have to be 21 years old. It was just something that was happening in certain localities, but then it went nationwide uh, in order to to possess tobacco or to purchase tobacco. And now New York is about to go further than anywhere else, or maybe the governor there, Kathy Hochul, according to New York Post, is now, quote, test marketing a ban on all tobacco sales. Yes, that's right. They're trying to fire up support for a complete ban on the sale of tobacco products in New York. The state health department commissioned a new survey aimed at gauging support for all-out prohibition. Despite her failure, Hochul's failure, to secure support from state legislators to include a ban on menthol cigarettes and other flavored tobacco products in the yet-to-be-approved state budget. Wow. Quote, what is your opinion about a policy that would end the sale of all tobacco products in New York within 10 years? Were among the questions that were asked last week in the New York Local Opinion Leaders Survey. My, my opinion is, why is she still breathing? Well, I don't think that's going to solve the problem here, nobody, it's because true. she'll just be replaced by another thug who wants to uh, have that level of power. And there's a lot of power to be had as the mm. the New York governor. It's, the, the thing is, only a very small fraction of the population is psychopathic. So, that's true. So if you take that, and, and they were very carefully bred. I mean, if you look at how European royalty behaved. Basically, you had to kill off like half of your own family to get and maintain power. And then they took those people who successfully murdered enough of their family to become kings, mm-hmm. and they bred them with other psychopaths who yep. had done the same somewhere else. It, it's like... A, a, a breeding program for psychopaths is exactly what it is, and that's what it produced. And those are still the monsters who end up in government. Yeah, that's true. Although, that said, they're also the people who indoctrinate the, the average person in the government schools. So what you end up having is, even though the average person may not be a psychopath, they still believe it's okay to use the force of government to enforce their views on mm. other people. So take, for example, how they, they love to bring the, the uh, elementary schoolers into the New Hampshire State House and you get to pretend like, they get to pretend like they're a state legislature for the day and they get to pass mm. law, whatever laws. Hey, kids, what laws do you think we should pass? And then they come up with the things that they think that, you know, people should be forced to do. And uh, they want to have a state bird or, you know, whatever their, their state ice cream. Yeah, flavor. I got a state bird for you. It's called a tax collector. You just put some tar and some feathers on there and. There's your state bird. <laughs> and so they're asked, you know, to uh, to go through this process and taught as though it's a normal thing. And they get into the, the, the mindset that this is what people do. This is what government is for. It's to to be used to force our neighbors into compliance with some sort of grand societal vision. And so uh, that's what they're going to do over there. So until we get to the point where people don't believe that government is valuable anymore until people mm. don't believe that the state is necessary 
anymore, then we're never going to end this. It doesn't matter if you replace Hochul with a non-psychopath. Uh, You're still going to have someone in there that thinks that it's okay to enforce their beliefs on other people. I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean, this is why I don't think any, any, I don't think that's going to happen anywhere without getting like-minded people together. Right. This is why I think the Free State Project was such it's a critical. good idea. It's critical. You know, it's critical <laughs> if anybody really has any expectation that maybe there could be a free place. Well, the only way that's going to happen, it's not working, you know, to solve problems where you are. It's nope. working to solve problems somewhere else. And that includes by moving the, together with other like minded individuals working to the same goal. Right. People yeah. in New York who are liberty minded need to get the hell out of there. Uh, you're yeah. never going to turn that place around. It is the least free of all the 50 states, and it's not going to become the half least free it's not no. gonna, it is, no is it less free than california even i believe on the current list at the yeah. freedom in the 50 states new york is a distant 50 yeah wow like there's a big difference between Dude, number 49 this, and 50. this is the state that new jersey followed that resulted in me not being able to hold a uh, higher college graduates because they did not they were not allowed to drive for a year after getting their license and they wouldn't allow them to get their permits because until they were 18 or something like that. Mm. And uh, it's absolutely crazy that you have college graduates who are not allowed to drive without their mommies in the car. Yep. It's crazy. Wow. Uh, so anyway, here's the rest of the story. So they're, they're putting out the feelers. That's what they're doing. They're not, there's not a bill yet. This is like the earliest potential phase of what may be coming for New York State, which is a potential total ban on uh, tobacco use. So they're asking the local opinion leaders survey. This is a survey that I presume goes out to, you know, legislator types and uh, city council types, those types of uh, quote unquote opinion leaders. And another question asked. So the first question was. What's your opinion about a policy that would end the sale of all tobacco products within 10 years? Another question is, what is your opinion about a policy that would ban the sale of all tobacco products to those born after a certain date? For example, those born after the year 2010 or later would never be sold tobacco. At least not in that state. Well, correct. And this is the uh, this is something that has actually passed, I believe, in a European country. I'm sorry, I don't remember which one it is. I believe there's I a proposal. I think it's New Zealand, actually, that may be not right. European. Uh, there's uh, th- there's probably more than one country that's that's doing this now, but I think California had a bill in that would propose to do the same thing. I think that uh, that one was like 2007. So if you were born after 2007, then you would never be able to legally purchase tobacco products. California is working hard to reduce the high cost of California real estate by driving everybody with a brain out of the state. So the reason they're asking that question is because. They know the first question of a total ban from anyone buying tobacco would probably be a tougher one to pass. But if you just pick on the children, then it's <laughs> a little bit... not even children anymore. Won't somebody think about the children? I, this is... I, I, Our politicians how spend way too much in, time thinking how, about how children. How can people be thinking of 20... Uh, what, what is it? Under what age? 20... It would be anyone born after the year 2010. So right <laughs> I mean, now those people are 13, 12 or 13 years old. They would never be able to buy tobacco legally if this if this goes through. Because prohibition and the war on drugs both worked so swimmingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... Well, just remember what they're willing to do to you in New York. If you sell one cigarette without a government. They'll choke you to yeah. death. Like uh, uh, Eric Garner, that's, was that's, it? That's his name. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Choked him right there at Say on broad name. daylight. 
So, you know, they're willing to kill in oh, order yeah. to keep this system in place. And they do kill to keep the system in place. Right. Uh, the poll also yeah. solicited input. Well, the U.S. government, just for point of record, they murdered a million people in Iraq. If you add up all and the... Uh, no, Iraq. Oh, women and children. If, if you add up all of the murders by the other 99.5% of Americans, they come to like 15,000, okay? Which means it would take the civilians 66 years to kill as mm-hmm. many people as the government murdered in just one war. I believe it. Uh, the poll also solicited input on whether there's backing for other tobacco-related measures, including capping the number of retailers who can sell products in a community and prohibiting its sales near schools. <laughs> and yeah, the retailers are going to support that because they love—they would love being the only people to be able to sell tobacco. The ones that already exist, sure, they're going to—they're going to get on board with that proposal. They don't want anybody else opening up a store mm-hmm. to compete with them. The survey conducted by a nonprofit research organization was distributed to so-called community leaders, including, as I guessed, county legislators and county directors of public health. So scumbags. Yeah. So that's who they're asking what they think about these things should happen. Uh, It's obvious the health department is test marketing potential new smoking policies, and such surveys are not typically funded by taxpayers, but through private companies, think tanks, or political campaigns. The insider who reported this said, an outright ban is being considered. This is all new territory, and I've never seen anything like this, where the state uses this kind of focus grouping, alliance building, and momentum building. And if it can happen Mm -hmm. anywhere, it's going to happen in either New York State or California Mm -hmm. first. The smoking ban that Florida put into effect in the restaurants that you were talking about that made you leave Florida Mm -hmm. first started in California. They started that in California. So a lot of these bad ideas start in the worst the least free states, and then they spread mm. from there. Yep. So if New York can get away with this, then there will be a total ban on tobacco sales across the entirety of New York. And th- then the question is how many other states are going to come on board with that? Reminds me of one time I was drinking with Pilot. I was drinking with Prohibition. And po- Prohibition said, I caused the biggest bloodbath of violence in American history. Then War on Drugs showed up and said, hold my beer, Prohibition. <laughs> Let me show you how it's done. There's more coming up here. Our 3s on the way. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour of the program. You can join the show. Whatever you want to discuss. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio, it's Ian. The nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. And Chris. We're talking about a potential ban on all tobacco sales in New York State. They're putting the feelers out uh, about that, but that's not the only terrifyingly tyrannical news to come out of there we'll share some what more with you possibly go wrong well a black market would uh, be guaranteed and we can talk more about that coming up but also i want to let you know that this hour of free talk live is brought to you by dash digital cash dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used 
for spending. And I'm so glad that Dash is back on board here on Free Talk Live. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was actually the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization. Dash has been around for a long time. Uh, and they, they've they had this thing since the beginning. It's very successfully helping to continue, improve, and promote Dash. In fact, how does their DAO work? What what exactly does that mean? I'm, I was about to tell you. That's a great <laughs> question. So here's how it works. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards. So as you know, uh, or you may not know, but uh, with crypto mining, there's a certain what they call block time. And in Dash's case, it's actually four times faster than Bitcoin. So Bitcoin's roughly every 10 minutes. Dash is every two and a half. So every two and a half minutes, a new uh, block is mined onto the Dash blockchain that's got all the transactions from the last two and a half minutes, and that gets permanently added to this uh, public ledger known as the blockchain. And at that time, there's a mining reward that is issued to the miner who finds the correct block, who does the work to, to actually mine that block into existence. And so that mining reward goes to that miner, and then they keep moving, right? But 10% of that reward is actually held back. And is sent over to uh, the uh, Dash Treasury. Actually, I should divvy it up a little bit further. It's 45% goes to the miner. 45% goes to the master nodes, which provide a different level of service for the blockchain. And then 10% goes to the treasury. So that's how it divvies up. Whereas with Bitcoin, 100% goes to the miners. So it's very different from from bitcoin yeah. and how it's set up which is unfortunate because only the miners get paid basically if you run a full node you get nothing. for bitcoin yeah. you get nothing for that except you know whatever satisfaction you get out of it so you got 10 percent of those mining rewards go into the treasury and then anyone who has a whole dash which right now is about 50 bucks to get one dash anybody that has one dash can put that forward and put a proposal in that the master nodes can then vote on Mm-hmm. And the proposal can be all kinds of things. The proposal can be a proposal to, you know, advertise somewhere. Dash used to advertise on JetBlue back in the day, for instance. I actually saw the advertising on JetBlue right? when, yeah. that, when that happened. That Matt was really cool. Too. Yeah, Matt, yeah. I, my roommate saw it, and he thought it was really cool back in the day as well. I remember when Ben Swan worked for them. Yeah. That was that was cool. They sponsored Porkfest, I think, more than one year, if Dash I recall did? correctly. Yeah, the, they were like the, a major. Uh, really? They were the number one Porkfest sponsor at least one year that I can recall. And uh, so those are some things you can do with it. You can. Uh, I remember Dash being there. I just didn't know they were sponsors. <sighs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you see the banner hanging up in the pavilion, then that means they're uh, they're sponsors. I don't know if I saw the banner hanging up in the they pavilion, had it but for they sure. were. I definitely saw Dash there. I just didn't know it was like this. They were big. <laughs> yeah. They were big. At least one year. Maybe you you know weren't there that year. Oh, I was definitely but, there. I, I mean, definitely when they. Yeah, I was there. I just didn't see it in the pavilion. But, so but anyway, some years I didn't go down to the pavilion. So That may be why. Yeah. So anyway, the masternodes vet the proposals. They're going to ask some tough questions. They want to know, you know, you want us, we want us to give us your, you know, the money, then we need to know what you're going to do with it. And we need to see results kind of thing. Uh, so that's what the masternodes do. And they decide which ones move forward and are funded by the Treasury. In fact, that's how we got this sponsorship. And nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, the decentralized autonomous organizations. You hear about those a lot if you're in the crypto world. But it was Dash that paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies, and it's widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get. It's easy to use Dash. You can start by learning more at Dash.org. And big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. You can visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. That is Dash.org. Uh, so let's continue here. We got Sarah on the line in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Sarah. Oh, thanks for taking me so early. I, 
I, I guess you figure that I always have interesting things to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Sometimes but... you do. Sometimes you don't. It's, you know, you're kind of hit and miss. But you can't how do always... you feel about making tax collectors birds again? <laughs> uh, hey, how come it was so funny that I have interesting things to say? I, I didn't know that. She's was just going to ignore that question, nobody. She ignores all the questions. She really does. She's really good at that. Yeah, I, I understand that thing, but anyway, but anyway, I put in an order today. Um, I order my stuff, and but um, you ordered you know, stuff I, from your own company that you sell potions and lotions from your network marketing company. Well, I, I'm a, I'm just a customer. Yeah, I, I'm not selling. I'm just telling. I, I just keep. <laughs> but you do get that. Sounds like a corporate slogan to me. I'm just selling. I'm just telling. I'm not selling. Yeah. No. Yeah, that, yeah. 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 That's a good point. Uh, and you've admitted, Sarah, that if somebody who you tell about your company right. buys products, that you get free product out of it. You get product points. So that's selling. It's selling. So, so like thirty-five points is around about a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's, that's selling. You're selling to- products. Congratulations. You're a capitalist. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, so true. All I get is about loyalty dollars. I don't want to sign anybody up. You have to sign up at least one person to get it in money. You can get about ninety hundred dollars. Well, if you follow up two lines, but but um, I I just want a loyalty dollars. I don't want to make money. So, um, you know, so <laughs> I mean, I doesn't this I, undermine your the welfare check that you get? I, I think that they can't mess with me unless like, I have to get it a dollar. Right. Not, this actually protects her. Oh, really? That's why she doesn't want the dollars. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, technically, I can make about um, like $95 a month. Anyway, That's not today, a lot, yeah. $95 a month? <laughs> it's just uh, product dollar. They don't even count. You know what I mean? Yeah. That doesn't even count. Yeah, you're just but, getting just freebies. Like, a free product mm-hmm. that it's like coupons or something. They're gonna yeah. get after me having coupons. Is that why you were calling tonight to tell us about your coupons and your uh, your product plans? No, 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 no. no. The, my my thing is that after I get done with the call, I said, uh, "Oh, by the way, can I ask you if you're a Mormon?" And he said that my faith that I am Mormon. Who and, asked and you that? Said, well, the guy at the network I marketing company. That. The one that took my order that worked for it, that took my... you um, Okay, you asked the salesman on the phone if he was a Mormon? But he's not a salesman. He just takes my order. Whatever what you want to call it, Sarah. The guy mm-hmm. that took your order... Rep. The he's s- just telling, <laughs> not selling. Right, right. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then I said, I, I figured that. Because you know the owner, the CEO, um, well, he, he is a Mormon. I knew that. Okay. And I don't hope... They're in Idaho Falls. Idaho is practically all Mormons. There are a lot of Mormons up there. That's yeah. true. That's true. Right. And then, and then he mentions only why there's a Mormon college over here. So I, I'm assuming that he probably goes to college there and works for that company part-time or something Why do like you that. care? Why do you care about what the religious belief is of the guy who's taking your order over the phone? Well, it's interesting because it's a Mormon company. That's my whole point. I know Why does that interest you? <laughs> well, I mean, I buy, yeah, I they, bought gold backs from the the good people over at the United Precious Metal Association, and they are, you know, Mormon founded originally. At least the gold back guy is. I know he's. I know the gold back founder Jeremy Corden is uh, is a Mormon, but I don't feel the need to ask 
anyone that I'm speaking with what their religion is. Like that to me is irrelevant to whether or not I'm going to get the gold backs. That I don't think the last time I asked what somebody's religion was. <laughs> I I will ask if somebody comes to New Hampshire and they say they're from Utah just to make conversation. A question to, to ask is uh, maybe. Oh, hey, are you Mormon maybe. or is your family Mormon I mean, or whatever? Yeah, but typically, like somebody might tell you that like i don't know i still don't they think I would, I would be like prying kind of but like, i wouldn't I, ask it in a business call like, yeah that, that seems just is so seems out of uh you know the realm of where you should yeah, go yeah it seems distasteful he was all the, the thing is that he was happy to tell oh me. sure i'm like, sure he was you ever I mean, met a jehovah's that, witness they're happy <laughs> to tell you too yeah. um, I, I was thinking that okay i was thinking the owner is mormon so they're gonna hire mormons I mean, they're in Idaho. That's like Mormon territory. They just branched out right o- right next to. They share a border with Utah, and so that's where they branched out to. Uh, so, are you thinking Idaho. about joining the Mormon Church? Is it, yeah, is that what this is all about? Well, here, here's the thing. I am going to donate money to the Mormon Church. I have never done that before. You know, wait, wait, wait. I, Why would you? Donate you're not a Mormon, them? but you're going to donate to the Mormon Church. Well, you, know, you could donate you know, to my I, church. I, aren't you a communist? Not, aren't you like is, anti-religious? She's no, she's a religious communist. Yeah, I, I'm a religious. Communist. She believes what? that they won't put her to death when uh, communism comes back. Okay, <laughs> she's she thinks the communists are new and tolerant now towards uh, religious people. Well, the, the communist party in America <laughs> have to accept people of faith. They have to include everybody here. So that's why. But anyways, my, my thing That's is only that for I now, mean, Sarah. That's only until they get enough power, and then they won't need you anymore. Once they well, get rid I, of the I, Constitution, I, you're screwed. <laughs> Thanks well, for the I call tonight. That. Appreciate it. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. By the way, the Ballad of the Crypto 6 is still in production. Uh, they're still doing some work on this film. They've got a second fundraiser that is going on. The main producer, Ricardo, is here in our studio tonight, sitting in the background. Wait for the cameras. Waving at the cameras. Hola. And, uh, <laughs> and he has uh, been working very hard on this with the rest of his crew. They've been up here. They've shot footage at various different locations and such. And uh, Ballad of the Crypto Six is going to be a documentary film. That is going to look exclusively at the Crypto 6 situation, which unfortunately some of us are still in the midst of. Uh, I have I yet, hate it when that happens. Yeah, I have yet to be sentenced on the eight counts of victimless crimes that I was convicted of in front of a jury late last year. Aria was just sentenced earlier, uh, I think it was what, last, was it this week? It was this week. Yeah, she was sentenced earlier this week. And uh, it's a it's a ridiculous situation. Eighteen months was it? Eighteen months. Yeah. Yeah. One year supervised. I think there was a five thousand dollar fine, but she only used twenty five hundred or paid twenty five hundred up front. I think that's right. Yeah, and then three hundred yeah. a month. I think is what they want. Yeah. Upon once she gets out under supervised release, I believe. So, uh, if you want to check out their trailers, they've got put together, and you can contribute to this effort. They're now accepting cryptocurrency right there on the website. Nice. At Ballad of the Crypto Six. That's crypto, the number six, Ballad of the Crypto Six dot com. Be sure you drop in there if you haven't seen the trailers for this. It's a, it's a nice looking documentary. So let's go to David. He's in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, David. Yeah, don't dead name me, dude. Huh? I I, tra- I transformed or whatever the word is. Don't don't dead name me. What I'm did you trans- What did you transform into? Well, I told you the night, uh, uh, major major pain in your ass. <laughs> and uh, you turned when, into major in pain. Your- <laughs> in the, in your ass or in, in all right in can you keep ass. it a little more clean because we are on broadcast radio and i'd really rather not have to use the dump button 
Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, me too. So, uh, in, in my uh, in my continuing, just a name change, I've actually been a pain in the ass for a long time. But in that, in <laughs> One more time, and I'll vein, hit the dump button on you. <laughs> well, I didn't. I, I thought it was uh, because I used the word your is why you, why you threatened it, and I didn't use the <laughs> your, word your again. Um, what were you so, calling about tonight? I'm calling about you, dude. So, and your, and your business, presumably nothing really much needs to change in my analysis. Obviously staffing needs to be bumped up. Uh, if, if, if presumably using logic and reason and fact and deduction, if Aria segue, uh, got sentenced to 18 months, it's likely that you're going to get the same treatment. And so my question is how, Will things at Free Talk Live uh, change? And my, my, my allegation is that it doesn't have to change at all, other than obviously staffing is going to change to some degree. But I'm asking you, what changes do you foresee since Aria and yourself are likely both not going to be available? I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah, I can't say what for sure what's going to happen. There's a good chance that I'll be able to stay out pending an appeal. Yeah, it's not even likely that it's not even necessarily the case that he's there's going to be there might be overlap, but there might not be because it all depends on, you know, depends on the judge, right? What what the judge says and when because even after the sentencing, he won't necessarily have to go to a cage if the judge allows him to stay out on appeal. He seemed inclined to do that at the conviction. He made a comment about that. And it could be years before, you know, there's actually, you know, the appeal process goes through and she's only got 18 months. And if she gets out in, you know. Uh, a year and yeah. a half or even nine months depending uh yeah it, it could be that they're that you know okay. she's back. 18 months is a year and a half sure sure but she could be out early based on a variety of factors right. the Bur- bureau of prisons could cut her out after uh you know a year or something like that if they want to and then and, she and can serve one, the rest on home one, confinement one legal factor that comes to my mind is uh a person being allowed to stay out pending appeal uh uh typically and i'm not an expert typically uh, depends to some degree on likelihood of success on appeal. So what is the evaluation of uh, likelihood of success on appeal? Well, I mean, I don't know, obviously, but the judge made well, a you statement. Need to know. Well, you never know, but uh, the yeah. judge made a statement at the conviction when I was, you know, the jury came in with their their ruling. Uh, he made a statement that he thinks that there is an appealable issue here. So I mean that's that's an indicator. That's Do you the know reason why what he, the appeal he didn't say that. Is? He didn't say that. I don't think he's going to give a hint to uh, to Mark Sisti, my attorney. But I suspect but Sisti has. But has Sisti given you a hint? I mean, we're going to appeal based at the very least on the fact that they didn't prove their case. I mean, you you know you know the that, one thing that well, I keep thinking of you when I have more than that. Well, hold on. The one you thing gotta, that I keep. Gotta, yeah, go ahead. I'll yeah. let my attorney know that David in New Mexico said that. Okay. <laughs> the one thing. Well, I, you got you convicted. No, the jury got me convicted. Yeah. So the one thing that people have to remember is this judge doesn't really understand Bitcoin. He thinks the blockchain is a person. So it might be that, <laughs> but it could be something else, too. Uh, of you course. Know? They also think Exxon is a person. Well, what Bitcoin is or isn't doesn't really have any bearing on tax evasion charges. No, it doesn't. It doesn't have any bearing on money laundering charges. It would only affect the money transmission It doesn't. But I think uh, what it it indicates is he doesn't really fully understand the case. He certainly doesn't, and he's not going to hear the appeal, right? That's going up to the, the First Circuit. Uh, in this case. Thank you, David, for the concern. Have I do you- appreciate it. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Like I said, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. 
and because it's hard to you know it's hard to presume what's going to happen i mean i i don't know he could lock me up that very day uh we know he didn't do that to aria he gave aria a couple months to to kind of get her affairs in order so to speak although she did say that she kind of wishes that she had just been locked up because it's you know it's a tough thing to do to have to (laughs) like live your life knowing that you you're going to be gone from it in two months you know i don't know it's it's the benefit of getting a, being able to kind of wrap things up, but on the other hand, there's a lot of stress involved in that. Yeah, I mean, she so. did push forward with the with the hearing that day, even yeah. though the lawyer was like, "Hey, I need more time," you know. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, he could he could change his direction and lock me up. That is a possibility, but based on what he said at the at not not the sentencing, but the the reading of the verdict, uh, it sounds like he's willing to keep me out pending appeal, which is unusual. And and he did acknowledge that that is oh yeah an unusual sure. thing to do. But it, but had he not been inclined to do that, he would have locked me up right then, because that's yeah. usually what happens. Usually, you get convicted. You yeah. get into taken into custody. It's in Arya's case. I it was unusual that she, she wasn't just locked up right there. So yeah. and the fact that he's thinking about it for you as well is kind of interesting. In her case, uh, he used the reason that she's trans as his That's, reason for yeah. not locking her up immediately. Now, have they said anything about what kind of accommodations they're going to manage? Is she going to a women's prison? I'm not sure on that. Uh, that's not clear to me at least she may know the answer to that question but i'm not uh, 100 sure about that. that apparently the- there was a change during uh the biden administration that trump had i guess the by uh, obama had put something into place trump undid it and then biden put it back into place some sort of special accommodations for trans people some kind of mm. bureau of prisons i was program. under the impression that it was the borough of prisons that would make that decision well they are an executive branch so biden uh yeah. was able to order them to make that decision right right but i mean it's not up to the judge i was up to the bureau of that is correct yeah, the judge would not be able she'd to end up going mm-hmm. and the judge so has requested that aria have a uh, regional facility so he did give her that option to say you know do you care where you end up yep. uh and she did want to have a, a local option so he's looking at he suggested to the bureau of prisons that they go with something in new england basically now i don't know if they have to follow his uh his you know order or suggestion Pretty sure they don't i suspect they don't but uh time will tell on that one sure. and, and as we learn more we'll let you know and of course uh i suspect chris that you uh i know you're in touch with the 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 person who runs the crypto6.com yeah that would be me i didn't know if you wanted to say that publicly <laughs> oh i have no problem i have no problem uh yeah saying that so uh i, I presume you're going to be putting aria's mailing address and commissary oh, yeah. info up there oh, when yeah. the time comes oh okay. yeah I'll, i'm right. definitely gonna make sure it happens yeah. um yeah you can so the um if you go to the crypto6.com there is uh links to join a matrix and telegram group mm-hmm. either of them they're the same thing you but get updates there. you get updates as to what's happening and certainly if you want you know the the updates, it's best to join those groups. Some information is also on the website itself, right. but you're not necessarily going to get quite as much information as if you actually join the update group. Makes sense. But yeah. the mailing address and that stuff will be up. Yeah, it'll probably end up as a post on Freekeen or something like that, and then we'll link to it from, okay. from there. All right, great. Uh, so, yeah, not happy about any of this news, but it is what it is, and the, the government's going to do what the government's going to do. Oh, speaking of that, in New York, since we were just talking about them potentially banning all tobacco from everyone or banning it from people over or uh, under a certain age, those are some of the the things they're talking about doing. One of the things they're doing doing is passing a statewide law 
banning gasoline, or not gasoline, but banning uh, natural gas in new construction projects. Wow. Remember hearing about the oh, gas yeah. stove thing? Yeah, uh, nobody's coming for your gas stove, they said. I guess they lied. And it <laughs> makes sense because uh, with these smart meters, they can shut off your electricity mm. remotely. Mm-hmm. If you're uh, if and and freeze you to death right. I- I during the winter if if you're disobedient so but if you had a gas stove they couldn't they they couldn't freeze you to death good point Be- you know I've I use my gas stove for for heat because my landlord's cheap um, <laughs> and uh, and so they want they want to be able to kill you mm. easily so it's like banning body armor. I bet they've done that in New York as well. So, um, If not, it's a matter of time. Yeah. New York, a uh, story from the Washington Post. They're on the cusp of becoming the first state in the nation to pass a law banning natural gas in most new buildings, according to a handshake agreement that Governor Kathy Hochul announced she and state lawmakers had reached late Thursday. The law would effectively require that most new buildings go all electric, jettisoning fossil fuel burning appliances in favor of heat pumps and induction stoves for heating and cooking. I mean, the crazy thing about that is that if they have to generate and then convert, you know, generate electricity and they use natural gas to do it or some other terrible they method sometimes. and then they have to convert it to electricity it's just going to be more inefficiencies in the chain which is going to be even a worse situation yeah that's true the most efficient thing you can do is burn gas because the heat is created right where you need it in your house right we got more coming up you can share your thoughts 603-283-6160 That's 603-283-6160. Call in because nobody wants to hear it. (laughs) And by the way, um, to get more of nobody, you can tune in tomorrow night when Beard Talk Live will be back on 1030 Eastern Time on Saturday nights. Uh, that is what the, uh, the uncensored alternative to Free Talk Live is. We still have to deal with a pesky FCC uh, on the air here on this program because we are, first and foremost, a radio program. But Beard Talk Live doesn't There's have that. There's no exception in the First Amendment that allows for the FCC to exist. That's Put true. that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah, and I don't know if anybody's ever actually challenged them all the way up on free speech. I maybe they have. I'm not sure what you know the history is on whether or not the Supreme Court has ever heard a, a challenge to the FCC. I'd be interested to know about that. Yeah, especially especially as it retains to the regulation of speech specifically. But the good news is now mm. we don't have to really bother with the FCC because they don't control the internet, at least at this point. Yeah. And so well. uh, we can still do unrestricted <laughs> broadcasting online. Uh, and so if you want to join Beard Talk Live, it's 1030 Eastern Time on watch.freetalklive.com or any of our other video streaming platforms. Once again, that's watch.freetalklive.com. That'll be tomorrow night, 1030 Eastern. So check that out. Just don't turn your laptop over and look at the FCC certification sticker. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, all right, so we're talking about a gas ban. In this case, uh, natural gas being. Oh God, prohibited. I'm in. Oh, nat. Uh, okay, that <laughs> kind, kind of gas. Yeah. I was going to say I'm screwed. Well, you're not in New York either way, so uh, you don't have to worry about what they're going to do there. <laughs> oh, no. But in uh, there's a law that they're talking about here, and apparently there's an agreement between the governor Kathy Ho- Kathy Hochul and the legislature there 
to move this forward. So, like, it's not a take more freedom. It's not 100% complete, but it's basically they made a deal, right? So, this is moving forward, they're saying. And it would require most new buildings be all electric, meaning that they would not be allowed to be built for gas. You would not be allowed to buy a new home, for instance, or a new office or whatever they're referring to. Because it does say most, so there may be some exceptions, and I'm not clear on what those might be. Uh, Generally, it's for the elites. (laughs) Right. Because the elites have to be able to fly to Davos on on their private planes to tell the rest of us that we shouldn't have cars. And they got to have their personal chef making food on a gas stove because everyone knows that chefs prefer gas stoves. Of course they do. I just want to bet it's like a percentage in the law. So, uh, you know, or like of the building that can be hooked up to gas. So mm. you basically effectively ensure that when there's a low enough density, effectively meaning only the rich can can have gas. Uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about it coming up here. But it is part of a national movement uh, that is led by climate advocates to cut greenhouse gas emissions from homes and businesses by ridding buildings of natural gas, heating oil and propane. The deal follows weeks of negotiations over... If they would stop running their mouths, the lack of hot air would... uh, I mean, that would probably solve global warming all by itself. I really want to know what the percentage... Like, what the the makeup of electricity for the... the you know, coal and state power. Plants. Yeah, state power plants is because is it is it Some coal? It's is it is gas. it nuclear? Is it like yeah. what is it? Because you have to you, when you you have to produce electricity from something. Yeah, oh, I know that in New Hampshire at least, and we're not that far from New York, but right. I know that that in New Hampshire the power company EverSource does buy liquefied natural gas, and they do burn that to make power. Yeah, they, they I mean this is this is this that's is, one of the reasons why the isn't prices liquefied went liquefied so natural gas just natural liquid. I don't know how that works. I don't know. It, it seems like you would take natural liquid, and then if it becomes a gas, it's natural gas. But if you compress <laughs> it again, it becomes natural liquid. Yeah. That's um, a good point. <laughs> Let's go to the phones here. We got Jimmy on the line in Florida. Jimmy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, uh, Tommy's been calling in 13 years. Uh, I don't think Tommy? we need to hear from him anymore. <laughs> Tommy, who? Tommy doesn't inspire me from Florida. <laughs> Oh, you're you referring to the caller from earlier, much earlier in the show. Okay, gotcha. I, yeah. What's on your mind tonight, Jimmy? We didn't know what he was talking about either. Yeah, he's very confusing. <laughs> okay. I would like to invite you guys to put me on for an hour here and let me speak my mind. Uh, well, that costs a lot of like? money. <laughs> oh, it does. Yeah, renting a radio station for one hour. I mean, if you're in uh, wherever east coast of Florida that you're at, it's probably uh, you know pretty expensive for one radio station. And we would get you on dozens of them. So, I mean, we're talking about a lot of money here, uh, Jimmy. I don't know if, and I don't really know if I want to sell that kind of airtime, Jimmy. But you are still welcome <laughs> to say whatever you want, and you can call in once a night for free. So, what have you got tonight? Hello. He's got dead air. That was it. He just wanted to beg for an hour of airtime, and I uh, turned him down, and so he he pouted and went away. I guess maybe he's on a bad cell. Jimmy going once, Jimmy going twice. No, I thought. Oh, Jimmy. there he is. What? No, there there he, is. he is, Jimmy. All right, just a bad reception. Jimmy. And then he hung up. He he hung up. All right, Jimmy. We'll let you Jimmy. call back, Jimmy, because that may have been a technical. <laughs> it may have been a technical difficulty. <laughs> if you want to call back with whatever. You know, point you wanted to make, you're certainly welcome to do that. 
Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. We generally have a one-call-per-night rule here on Free Talk Live, but if there's some sort of technical difficulty that prohibited you from getting on, then obviously we'll let you call back. So. Or technicality, as the captain would say. Indeed. Uh, so this law in New York that they're talking about follows the deal they made, follows weeks of negotiations over a slew of non-fiscal measures included in the New York state budget, which was de- delayed over disagreements between the governor and the legislature over bail and housing policy. Though its exact terms have not been made public, environmental advocates said the gas ban would take effect in 2026 for most new buildings under seven stories and in 2029 for taller buildings. The timeline the governor had sought. So, yes. Okay, why do taller buildings need gas more than shorter buildings? I have no idea. Maybe because if you're in a taller building, the penthouse is likely to be occupied by the governor. Uh, oh, just, that's there a stretch. You go. It's there a stretch, but. Uh, while some states have used their building codes to restrict natural gas hookups, New York would be the first to apply the ban in state law. Washington was the first to use its state building code to mandate all electric space heating and cooling in new buildings, a step that effectively requires developers to install electric heat pumps. So so this is funny. I actually have the statistics here. So natural, the power company? Yeah, for New York. Natural gas is 37% of their uh, power generation. Wow. And how much is coal? Um, it's 16%. Yeah. What else? Just give the us the whole breakdown. Coal is worth. Um, yeah, so hydroelectric is like sixteen uh, percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, nuclear is twenty-seven percent. So gas, natural gas, is the largest share at thirty-seven percent. Yeah, it looks like that. Wow. wow. So it's good enough for the power company, but not good enough for your uh, your cooking range. <laughs> yep. Apparently, mm. California has also used its building code to quote encourage electrification. Gas ban supporters. Yeah, I'd like to encourage some electrification in California. How about they start with the politicians? They, uh, how about they <laughs> secede? I, California should secede. New Hampshire yes. should secede. New York should secede. And keep trying. If you yeah. first you don't I mean, secede, try, 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 try again. again. For, for those who really hate freedom like New York, it would be to their benefit because then they could have even more draconian tyranny. Yeah. Right, well, is that yeah. the Constitution currently prohibits them from ha- enacting? That's right. Yeah, to, like yeah. a total gun ban, for instance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were, Absolutely. The New Yorkers were upset when there was that Supreme Court case over the summer that kind of rolled back some of the laws at the state level that were prohibiting possession of guns because they love their unconstitutional laws yeah i mean new york could then pass a law that executes anybody who utters the word gun in the state of new york they could do that but which they, they can't to. do right now Correct. so but they couldn't charge him bail that's true <laughs> <laughs> that's true the uh, gas ban supporter said the state's agreements modeled on a new york city law passed new york, york city <laughs> When it became the largest city to prohibit gas, heat, and gas, heat, and stoves in new buildings, so this is already okay. These happened. people have never run, ridden the subway because I'll tell you what, there's <laughs> some gas in New York. <laughs> Dozens of other cities have enacted yeah. variations of this measure around the country, including Berkeley, California. Not a surprise. Berkeley spreading to larger <laughs> cities like San Francisco, Seattle, and Washington D.C. So this isn't anything new. The proposal that New York is making, they're just saying, look, this is already happening in New York City. We just want to do this statewide. Mm-hmm. It's already happening in all these other places. So it seems like it's going to be inevitable. And indeed, they do have an agreement uh, on hand to to make this move forward. Oh, well, maybe I see the point of the taller buildings, though, because if you have a big building full of people, you don't prob- probably want to freeze all of them to death. 
only hmm. some of them. So you have to find a different way to kill them. But if somebody's got a farmhouse way out, you might want and you want to and you want to freeze them to death. You can just turn off their electricity. I mean, what? All right. So I'm just thinking about this as saying, what happens when the electricity goes out? You don't cook. You die. You you freeze to death. This does not seem like a good plan for New York or anywhere. No, that it is doesn't. cold. It doesn't. I did not see that coming. <laughs> the, the Nazis may indeed be involved. At least I know with my, well, I don't have natural gas, but with my oil, I can at least hook up my generator mm-hmm, and, yeah. and, and keep that thing going. Yeah, no, you wouldn't be able to do that. Now, now again, this only applies to new construction. So the farmhouse you're talking about wouldn't, at least not at this point in the game, they wouldn't be forced to strip out their uh, right. their propane or, or natural gas or whatever. Not yet. Yeah, that's coming, right? Yeah. Like, well, every 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 liberty that you still have is on the chopping block, and they want to take them all. Yep. But by it's little. gonna take them a while to collect the whole set. Yeah, they can't do it all at once, or somebody enough people would be upset about it to make mm-hmm. enough of a stink and possibly do something to stop it. But if they take one over here and then one over there, before you know it, you've got a total tobacco ban or a total mm-hmm. natural gas ban. Uh, you coming. take people's gas, they're gonna make a stink. <laughs> the number if you want to join us here, <laughs> 603-283-6160. Or in the case of New York, they won't. In the case of New York, they'll cheer it on. They'll say, yeah, yeah. that's what we want our politicians to do. Tell us what we can use for energy. Tell Govern us what we me can more, use. daddy. Harder. It's not <laughs> our bodies. It's we're, Our bodies are yours. Our bodies belong to the state. We are in the service of the Empire State. and We'll do anything you tell us, Governoress. They have altered the, the deal. Pray, Pray that they do not <laughs> alter it further. <laughs> Good quote. Yeah. Uh, so that's happening there. And once again, if if you are a freedom-loving person and you're in New York, and when I say freedom-loving, I mean libertarian, voluntarist, anarchist, not conservatives who believe they care about freedom because conservatives yeah. don't care about freedom. They only care about their own freedoms. They don't care about other people's freedoms. Mm. Yeah. They care about the freedoms to do the things they want to do. Yep. A libertarian cares about freedom for everybody because it's a matter of principle. Yeah, so those libertarians, people like Larry Sharp and the people in the Libertarian Party there in New York. I love me some Larry Sharp. It's time to give it up, throw throw in the towel, and admit you have failed. And it's okay. It's it's really it's okay to admit you failed. It wasn't a game you could win. You never you never had a chance. And that's true for everybody outside in every other state outside of New Hampshire. You don't have a chance if you're a libertarian. Everywhere I would not be in New Hampshire if it wasn't for the Free State Project. I can tell you that. Yeah, why would why would you? Um, New Hampshire is is better than other states, but it's 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 just a slow live free or die is a slogan, and -hmm. we have to turn it into you know we have to make it real. Yeah, New Hampshire was going to have larger and larger government, just like everywhere else. Its government gets larger, slower than than everywhere else. That's why New Hampshire is still the number one freest state of all the 50 states. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before the Free State Project, it, the government was getting bigger here. Now, whether it is or isn't depends on the year. They haven't managed to turn the, the ship of state around yeah, completely. It hasn't turned yet, but, but we're still working on it. But there have been a couple of years <laughs> in the last decade where they've actually reduced the state budget. Yep. That has happened. Now, unfortunately, this year... We're not talking about reducing taxes. We're talking about reducing the budget. The budget, budget correct. 
but unfortunately, this year, the current budget is proposed to increase. And it's not That's a done deal yet. They still have some political wrangling to go, and so we'll see how that, that all plays out. But it's just a fact that we need more, we need more free staters. We need more uh, liberty-minded people to migrate well, here. the good news is there's mm-hmm. been record numbers of free staters, uh, people moving for the Free State Project every year since I think I moved here in 2016. So yeah, um, and we've, we've well, had increasing numbers. It's been number, really big in the last two years. Absolutely. Mm, even more COVID. so, right? Um, and we've had also increasing number of representatives, people, free staters who've been elected as representatives. So we're definitely making progress. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty exciting. And, uh, and the more we can get here, the more it builds upon itself. The success breeds success, as, yeah. uh, as they say. We'll have more wins. More wins means more people will realize that what's happening here is real and it is you know, tangible. It's something you can point to. You can look at the numbers. You can say there's this many dozen state reps that are in office here in New Hampshire, and they are actual free state project participants. And I believe that number is like four dozen, roughly, close to 50 uh, people. That's a huge win, and it's something that libertarians elsewhere cannot claim. And there's a lot of fellow travelers, too. What do you mean by that? Uh, fellow travelers, actually, that was introduced by the McCarthyists talking about uh, about people who were fellow travelers with the with the communists. Commies. But um, fellow travelers in the context of the free tra- free state project is people who maybe they've always lived in New Hampshire, but they're generally libertarian and they agree with us. They're just glad we settled where they are. Absolutely. Yeah. We, I mean, that's what we refer to as friends of the free state. Project. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. It's basically people who can't, they're not free staters because they weren't able to move basically, but they're, mm-hmm. they're still us. It's just like uh, born people born here. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. I was born in New Hampshire, I couldn't be, a, I might not be a free stater, but I w- I'd still be part of the free state movement. Right. You can join, I think, and I think that uh, depending on who you ask, I, I think yeah, they changed up a little bit. They but... actually did change that up. Yeah, so that yeah. Now you're you're if you were born here, you're a free stater if you want to be. Basically, yeah, yeah. If you're a libertarian in New Hampshire, they're basically. I still won't think of people like that, but you know, it doesn't. I don't necessarily think that anybody who is friends of a uh, who they used to call friends of free staters are like somehow less libertarian or less liberty minded. No. Some of our best liberty activists are actually are the people natives. who were born here. Yeah. So. Well, and the reason they're yeah. the best is because they know everybody, right? Like they've, they've got the networks, well, they've got the, the connections here. I, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think it's when I think of the best I'm thinking of, they put the most effort in. That's true, but they also know everybody. I and, mean, sure, and you can, you can <laughs> actually helps. have more success yeah, if you yeah, know absolutely. people, right? Because life and success in life, in a lot of cases, is about who you know. It can be, it can and be. and that's true for a political movement. You know, if you know, if we have well connected people who are influential business owners or movers and shakers in a variety of ways that are on board with our ideas, that's an important step towards getting to where we need to go. Yeah. And having enough people in any given society who are of a particular belief system, whether it be the Mormons, like our caller was uh, talking about earlier, or whether it be the libertarians here in New Hampshire, the Mormons in Utah, the libertarians here in New Hampshire, it's going to have an impact. And already it has had an impact. And you can prove that a by huge impact by not just looking at the number of free staters that are elected, but also look at the media that's being generated. Oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> the feds, the feds are out. coming after us literally yeah. in so many ways because of how much success we've had. I mean, I don't even like I don't even know if you want to know about success when you have 
opposing parties like Republicans and Democrats focusing not on the, not on the other you know Demo- uh, opposing Democrat if you're a Republican mm-hmm. or Republicans if you're a Democrat, but on the libertarians. I mean, come on, that's right. huge. Mm. Trying to identify who right. the libertarians right. are, trying to out the libertarians, uh, running ad campaigns. <laughs> Where do you thousand dollar other than New Hampshire? Yeah, you just you don't. don't. You don't see it anywhere else because because the libertarians everywhere else are completely a non-issue. Yeah, they're yeah. not a threat. In New Hampshire, we're a peaceful threat. Yeah, to the status quo, to the Republicans and the to Democrats. the terrorists who yeah. who run the government because that's basically what government is. It's a Terrorism. terrorist organization. Yep. It is a corporation with a license to kill, answerable only to itself, and empowered by law and tradition to force unwilling innocent people to buy their products which they neither not want nor need. That pretty much sums it up. And if they wanted those products... In a free market system, you wouldn't have to force them you to pay need, for them. Right, you wouldn't need the violence mm-hmm. to force people to pay for them. They would just pay for them. Yep. So, if you are, you know, considering making a move up here to New Hampshire, or if you just want to see, you know, for yourself that it's the real deal, get on up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Come up to Fork Fest as well. Fork Fest, of course, is happening. Uh, just- would it quill you? just before the porcupine freedom festival the porcupine freedom festival i did i heard it was sold out but then just today i saw that there's still a couple hundred tickets left so apparently there are still some tickets available for the porcupine freedom festival it did sell out the last two years in a row there's a good chance that's going to happen again so if you haven't gotten your tickets you probably don't want to wait until the day of you probably want to get those in advance uh, for the porcupine, the real festival. trick is actually probably getting uh, someplace to camp or a hotel room or something. That's the real tricky part at this mm-hmm. point because they have tickets, Ooh. but if you have nowhere to stay, if the campground sold do? out, yeah, right. that's tough. Well, so. I'll tell you what, I've I almost never have a campsite there. I just pull over and sleep in my car wherever mm-hmm. I happen to be. So. If you can make it work, then you can make it. You know, if you're willing to kind yeah. of be flexible, and, then you can make it. Work. And there is, are the, you flexible, Brad? I know Janet is. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are rooms on Matrix that you can join uh, to find tickets and uh, a space to stay too, mm-hmm. and there may still be like motel rooms, you know, that are I don't know, like five miles away or something like that. So if you have a car, you it's you not too there. late. It's still not too yeah. late, but it, mm-hmm. it, you are not going to necessarily be able to be on the campground itself. You can join the Matrix server over at chat.freetalklive.com. You can get the steps to do that but if you want to grab tickets for the porcupine freedom festival check out porkfest.com and forkfest happens the weekend before the porcupine freedom festival so it originally happened uh set what seven years ago when it started uh it started on the the previous to the porcupine freedom festival then for a few years it moved post porkfest and now it's going back before back to where it was in the uh beforehand and so the forkfest which is a decentralized alternative to the Porcupine Freedom Festival is June 15th through the 18th. It's going to be same place, Rogers Campground. Difference is there's no ticket for Forkfest. So you don't have to shell out, what is it, 100 bucks or something? Because I'm in charge. Yeah, well, everyone is in charge. Or <laughs> nobody's, nobody's in charge. Nobody's, nobody's in charge. In charge <laughs> of um, <laughs> Forkfest. I run Forkfest, damn it. <laughs> I am the law. <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful place to be. You definitely want to come up for this thing. And it should be a great weekend because the weekend before the Porcupine Freedom Festival is usually full of people. There's always people showing up early oh, yeah. that, that want to hang out and party for for extra time. So definitely come on I up. I partied with that dude. Yep. There's no ticket cost for, for Fork Fest, at least. 
And all you need to do is book your RV site, your motel room, or your camping site at Rogers Campground, June 15th through the 18th. Free Talk Live will be there in some form or another at this point. I am definitely going, and I will definitely be representing. Okay, so good. That's, yeah, that's good. I'll be there and representing. All yeah, right, we'll, we'll definitely be doing something. What exactly? Uh, who knows? Remains but, to be seen. Yeah, we'll, we've yet to figure that out, but I'm sure we'll probably be doing a show or two at least. Uh, hopefully, Aria will be able to make it up. Hopefully, I'll be able to make it up, but that's all going to be up to various different circumstances with with regards to the uh, the Crypto 6 case. But you can go to ForkFest.Party, and you can find some links to chat rooms and uh way to connect with other attendees in advance that's forkfest.party so in other news guys uh do you guys hear about the argentinian inflation going no. on out there is are it, they inflating it, in argentina I, how again do you, they do that on yeah. a regular how basis how do you inflate something that's basically already non-functioning uh well talk to the people in venezuela i mean they they have their ways <laughs> I, <laughs> they're doing it the inflation rate is 103% there. Oh, my no. God. <laughs> yeah. I thought 18% was bad in the United States. It is. It is. It Yikes. is. Uh, and so, and, and of course, the Argentinians, they, as you point out, they have got, they've been through this before. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, there have been some disasters in the past where they, uh, I knew a girl from Argentina who told me that when she was very young, her parents had her, their bank accounts get a haircut as they call it, or a bail-in where the government comes in and just steals money straight out of your bank account. Yeah, it's uh, this has happened in Europe, too. Which is too. exactly mm-hmm. what they're uh, doing Greece, when they yeah, print Greece, money. They did that. It's just not, not, as, not as obvious. It's not as obvious. Yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, and you're right. Uh, uh, nobody, they do this in other uh, other places via other means. It, it may not be the bank account that you see a, a reduction in your funds, but they just do it by printing money. The U.S. just yeah. did it. Three, three was it three-fourths of the money that had ever been printed was printed in one year uh, a couple years ago during COVID. It's pretty so. crazy. Uh, so uh, 103%, that is, I presume, over a year. Claudia Hernandez, a publishing company employee, wow. says, in my if case... If that's what the government is saying, imagine what, what actually the real is. rate must be. In yeah. my case, I have zero capacity to save, says Ms. Hernandez, a publishing company employee. She says, I try to think that someday we're going to be better off, but the inflation we're living with today in Argentina is terrible. It feels like never before. You're never going to be better off unless you make those tax collectors birds again. Well, I don't think that's going to necessarily <laughs> solve the problem. But one thing that you can do is you can protect yourself from inflation by putting your government money into other alternatives like gold and silver or cryptocurrency. That, Diversify. That may do better when the government is hyperinflating or inflating your money supply. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today.